ladies and gentlemen, this is the one-legged warrior, Zach Gowan, and you are listening to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. On this episode, we're talking about Vengeance 2003, and nothing spells ruthless aggression like a 52-year-old billionaire catching an SIE moonsault from a rookie one-legged professional wrestler. You gotta love it. What a time to be alive. Hope you enjoy the show and watch out for that son of a bitch, Spagingo. Ruthless aggression. I forgot to tell you. Don't make fun of me. Wait! Here comes the pain! Enjoying the ride, Randy. His name is Eric Bischoff! What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Podcast, the show that takes a look back at wrestling and pop culture of the mid-2000s to answer the question, was it really an era? I'm your host, Levi, and joined alongside me today, as always, is that Big Daddy K, a.k.a. Big Juicy Kyle. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, homeboys? Ready to uh, keep it real. And keeping it real, as always, to my left, I guess, Seattle's <laughs> own, it's good old J-Car. Jake, how you doing, hey. man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Two weeks in a row, not interrupting. I am the most polite man <laughs> in the podcast game. Looking yeah. as only I can look back again with uh, my own side. I'm excited. This is I've been looking forward to talking about this. Uh, I think I've watched this show like four to almost as many times as I watched Starcade '95, but uh, it was actually a lot more fun. <laughs> I can only imagine that that would be the case. I can only imagine. <laughs> okay, out of all the things I expected today, Mercy Me was not one of them. <laughs> this podcast—it's like the one song that I heard probably the most when it was new. Oh my god! Completely in the mainstream, but nevertheless, <laughs> t- today it looks like we finally have some good wrestling on our hands. It's Ooh. Vengeance 2003. <laughs> And special shout out to the one-legged warrior, Zach Gowan, for providing the intro to this episode. Thank you, Yay. Zach. That was, bad. that was the best intro we've had. Well, I mean, Even better than Coach? You think so? I, I think better than Coach. Yeah, mm. he, Zach said Spagingo. He didn't say Spagongo, Coach. <laughs> Jingo. <laughs> Just, yeah, we love you, Coach. Because we know Coach listens to us all the time. That's Dude, Spagingo is over. Oh, yeah? It is. Everybody yeah, looks like it was. It's, it's over. Like it is. There was a guy talking about it on Twitter, and dude, I was walking some... into work the other day, and there, there it happened. Dude just got some going on the counter. It was crazy. What? Did he die? 
Of course There's like, <laughs> Forget the coronavirus. It's all about coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I was watching uh, the AW pay-per-view, and JR was like, Oh, fuck, God, it's Spagango! And I just flipped out. I thought you were about to let out a, a huge F-bomb. Like, oh, F of Spagango! <laughs> what the fuck is a Spagango? <laughs> 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 you imagine, like, someone, someone needs to tell Excalibur that the back body drop is Spagango? I would love to, that. Just to get it too. over. Because it seems like Excalibur is always calling moves by some, you know, outlandish Obs- name. Obscure name from, like, the middle of, of uh, what it was called, uh, Gorilla Pro- PWG. That's whatever they call things down at PWG. <laughs> I mean, it's where he was from. Right. It's like, uh, the one the one that would always catch me off guard, now I'm used to it now, but when he always calls the Tiger Driver 98. That was a yeah. constant one I hear him call. I can just now, hear it now. Tope Suicida Spagingo! <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. I would freaking die. Corey I would Graves. like freaking Spagingo die. Spagingo to the outside. We're going to break. <laughs> That's a filthy Spagingo. Oh, come on, Cole. It's just a Spagingo. <laughs> and Jim Ross is like, oh, yeah, oh. An orthodox move here by John Moxley. <laughs> well, uh, back in my day, we called it a back body drop, but uh, you know, to each your own. <laughs> so this event took place July 27, 2003. In the thick of summer, man, Beyonce was just tearing it down with uh, "Crazy in Love," but we've already featured that song. Dude, that's my that's my karaoke jam. Well, okay, since you said that, what do I need from you right now? That's my ringtone. I need you ringtone. to tell you what it would be like if Jake from Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Saying crazy in love on a random Friday night in March of 2020, <laughs> when the coronavirus was just going crazy, and go. just absolutely going crazy. I know at least 30 people that have evaporated because of that virus. <laughs> they just evaporated, huh? I see them. They look at me and go, "God, it's looking so crazy, my baby. I'm not myself lately. I'm foolish. I don't do this. I've been playing myself." Baby, I don't care. Something like that, you know. <laughs> For some reason, like... Baby, you're making a fool of me. You got me sprung and I don't care who sees. Baby, you got me. You got me so crazy. You got me looking so crazy. <laughs> a special appearance by Jake Z, man. It's- Crazy, crazy in love. Y'all know when the flow is loco. <laughs> Y'all with the <laughs> Yes, sir. My texture. Yep. <laughs> the finest chinchiller. <laughs> White people, am I right? No kidding. So, we have so, a... uh, yeah, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> we have an attendance of 9,500 today. So, kind of down from the tens of thousands, but hey, nevertheless. It's about quality, not quantity, right? Mm-hmm. Right? How you said titty, quant titty. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, in Denver, Colorado at the Pepsi Center. Yeah, mm-hmm. been there. Crack open a can. Which is home to the Denver Nuggets of the NBA, as well as the Colorado Avalanche. Go Avs, go! Levi, would you make a, a, a trip to the Pepsi Center if you knew that they had a fountain in the very back that was the only place you could get Pepsi Blue today? <laughs> Dude, with no help at all and no holds barred, little did I know that I could be scarred by not knowing that. So, 
if that was the case, then first I would say, whoa, then I'd say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, ma- I imagine there's, there's like a, uh, like one of those, you know, those Coke freestyle machines, like Pepsi has like a knockoff versions. I've never seen them anywhere, but like, they yeah, have I've, I've seen it before. Yeah. They have one in the very back, and if you enter like a special code, like it just shuts down and reboots, and there's just a giant Pepsi blue button. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Stop playing with my emotions. I would love that. <laughs> this is this is a transformer. Oh man! <clears throat> but yeah, the Pepsi Center it still maintains its name to this day. Cool. And has a maximum capacity of nineteen thousand. Of sixty nine. <laughs> But that was reduced. Unless from- unless they move the seats, then it's 420. <laughs> Dude, you're like so cool. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyways, go ahead. Tell us the attendance. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that, that was reduced for tonight's event. Um, the event resulted in 322,000 pay-per-view buys. So, you know, pretty pretty successful as far as pay-per-view numbers go. Mm-hmm. Well, it was better than Bad Blood, so... Uh, we are I'd sponsored tonight by Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, the Angel of Darkness. And, boys, do you have any memories of this game? No. I mean, yes. I remember it was, like, one of those earlier PS2 titles, and everybody said it was terrible, and I never played it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, I just remember everybody being like, Angel of Darkness, it sucks! And I never touched it. Well, Kyle, but... what I need from you right now... I need you to tell us what it would be like if you played Angel of Darkness years ago and then picked it up on your YouTube game review channel and acted like it was the best thing ever for hits and go. Hey guys, it's cool 2369 here, bringing you all the hottest, freshest gameplay videos. Be sure to smash that subscribe button, hit that like, and be sure to hit that bell for those notifications. Today we're playing the most nostalgic game from my childhood, uh, Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness. Now, I remember growing up as a kid, waking up early on a Saturday morning, getting a big fat bowl of Cheerios and my PJs, and going down and popping in that Laura Croft. And remember when she used to have pointy titties? Anyways, this is PS2 and everything's smoother. So this one's really dark and gritty, and even though it sucks, uh, it's really fun to <laughs> Very good. Very good. <clears throat> Why don't you have a gaming channel? Uh, because I don't have nearly enough Nintendo merchandise to stick in the background of the <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, very well done. My gosh. I both love I, it and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, real quick, just so our listeners. Um, uh, I guess we're breaking the fourth wall. Uh, in my personal life, uh, we just got a, a little kitten, a little baby kitten. His name's Ow. Cornbread. He's a cute little dude, a little orange fluffball. But uh, the the room where I record is like the room where we're keeping him separate from my other cat until he's like cool enough to introduce. So if you hear like scratching around or little meows or purrs, it's just a little kitten. So don't worry. You're, you're, you're just you. It's just a little kitten. It's not a ghost cat flying around your bedroom. <laughs> So the theme song for tonight is Price to Play by Stained from 14 Shades of Grey. Oh, I meant to listen to it. I didn't listen to it. I feel bad because I knew. It tied the pay-per-view with a bow. It was awesome. I knew that there was a theme because you can always tell when WWE is lazy and doesn't want to like pay for rights. Because <laughs> it's yeah. like, you're like, oh, it's start vengeance. And then as soon as like the, the hype package is over, it's like. And it's like, oh, generic stock music, great. So, Levi, what I need from you, yes, right now, 
<laughs> is to tell us what it was like when you covered Stain's Price to Play and go, <laughs> okay, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Like we weren't gonna do that. What did you just want to say to do? That was going on here. It's a rocket but no, I, I love I just want to, I want you to dub, I want you to go and contact WWE headquarters and have, uh, just offer to cover that song, and then you can just dub that exact <laughs> thing in there. Well, we know from Chris Canyon singing Boy George that not even that would fly. <laughs> Who else but Canyon? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about the set here for just a second. Alright. Set, can, uh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> so... Basically, you have like this big circled V above nine small video screens that read Vengeance. And underneath, that is followed by three squared Titantrons with a ramp that slightly narrows towards the end. I thought it looked really good. It looked, it reminded me like somewhat of, uh, not Vengeance, uh, Invasion from 2001. What do you guys think about the set? I think it really reminded me of Vengeance too. Um, no, I thought it was really good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my daddy was a pistol. <laughs> um, but I, I thought I thought the set looked really cool. It, it was just, it was really basic, but it, it got everything over. And uh, yeah, except for the the one little weird kerfuffle that they had in the first match, like it was it was pretty rad. Yeah, rad set. It uh, was neat. I liked the the little screens that had all the letters like spelled vengeance. out. It was a very video screeny set, but to be honest, like I, I don't know. As far as pay per view sets go, I just I, you know as long as you got big screens, I'm happy. Yeah, it's a B pay per view. It's just, it just looks nice. It's nice and neat. It looks better than Bad Blood. Mm-hmm. Big metal V up top. Yeah, for it's some busy. reason, Jake really hates Bad Blood set, but um, would you say uh, would you call it Nad Blood? Ew, that's <laughs> terrible. Never mind. I'm sorry. Really yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, why don't you set a couple plays out, Kyle? <laughs> okay, you can cover the first three matches. I'll be back at the barroom brawl. No. Hey, why don't you go play with a cat? Kitchy, say something. Hey, cat, you got something to say? Ever since I was a little boy. Ever since I was a little girl. Since I can remember. All my life. I've wanted this. This was my reason to live. So I worked hard. I did whatever I could. I did what I had to. I risked my life because I had the drive. The determination. The desire. To succeed. To be a champion. To live out a dream. Nothing could stop me. Tonight. 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 If I push harder. Ignore the pain. Focus on this goal. It'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. It'll justify all the hard work. And prove to myself I was right. And no one will stand in my way. Tonight is my chance. My opportunity to prove to myself beyond a shadow of a doubt that I've made a difference. This is my call. That I am the real deal. Tonight is about control. Everything is about control. Tonight, I will maintain control with the big show, with Sable, with me. 
the dream killer, the reaper of souls, the master puppeteer on the stage of fools. I am the only one who can see the big picture, the grand design. So take your bleeding heart somewhere else. Take your freak friend Kim with you. There's no room for either of you here. This isn't a charity house. This isn't a key club or an old age home. This is a company. This is my business. This is my life. I say what and who goes. I am the master of this house. I pull the strings around here. So I don't care who the hell you are. If you're in my way, you will get taken out. Smackdown and Tomb Raider, the Angel of Darkness, present Vengeance. package features voiceovers from Kurt, Brock, Stephanie McMahon, and Zach Allen. It shows clips of them in their youth and in the ring with them talking about how much being where they are today means to them. And this comes to a screeching halt by Vince McMahon going on a rant about, I'm the boss, I'm the, the reaper of souls, which, fun fact, is a former Undertaker nickname. <laughs> he doesn't use it anymore because he's not dead, so. But I suppose that may change. Oh. Uh, but he says that anyone who stands in front of him will be knocked down, essentially. And, you know, I, I liked this opening package. It got across where we are in the show. Um, what did seem a little out of place, though, is to feature Kurt and Brock. You know, the main point of this whole thing is, you know, Zach, Gla- is that, excuse me, Zach Gowan scratching and clawing for the chance to live his dream as a pro wrestler. Um, so, them kind of here, you know... Freak of nature, all this sort of stuff. A little out of place, but I did like it. What did you guys think? Well, I thought, I, I don't know, I thought Vince McMahon's was kind of weird. Like, there, it was certainly flowing. It, it felt like it had a certain flow to it. And then all of a sudden, Vince McMahon's like, tonight is about power. God dang it. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, what, what the heck is going? It's just like such a hard left turn when Vince McMahon gets on the screen. And, th- and that's like how it feels the rest of the night, too. It's just like, oh, Vince is on the screen. Let's not think about what's hap- actually happening in the show right now. Well, I mean, to that point, though, I mean, that is kind of what is, you know, trying to be conveyed is that he's on this huge power trip and that he's trying to, you know, get in the way of little Zach Gowan's dream. So, I, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, in place, in my opinion. Yeah. All so right. so but, screw you, Jake. Well, hey, when you put it that way, <laughs> fine. What about you, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> the opening, it was just kind of weird. Like, the Vince McMahon stuff was, like, suddenly really intense. But just, like, Zach Gowan in general, like, all these big muscle dudes are talking about how important this all is. And all of a sudden, here's, like, little boy Zach Gowan, like, me too. Just <laughs> 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 felt kind of out of place. I don't know. I'm also here.
first match of the night. It's the United States title tournament final with Eddie Guerrero taking on Christopher Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, honest. I play fair. I give to charity. I'm honest. I play fair. I give to charity. Not no more. We have a heel Eddie Guerrero on our hands. Or, Eddie Guerrero. Or... I guess it depends on what crowd they're in, because he's been cheered in a couple of these towns since turning on, turning on Tajiri. So, the backstory here is, a few weeks ago, Stephanie McMahon introduced the United States Championship, and that there would be a tournament to crown champion at Vengeance. The semis came down to Eddie Guerrero versus Billy Gunn, and Chris Benoit versus Matt Hardy. Now, imagine a world where the finals are Billy Gunn versus Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Matt Hardy version one, right? Of course, yeah. Which I'm fine. Version one, it's version one point one. He recently had a minor update. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm fine with Matt Hardy version one, but uh, I like Matt Hardy version one. I mean, like Matt Hardy was always at least trying something, and like honestly, he's like his doing the the weird little matitude thing is where SmackDown came up with the idea to have little highlights when when people came down to the ring. Are you talking about the little video? Yeah. They've been doing that way before, Matt Hardy version one. No, what I'm saying is like, no, the the Matt. I'm not talking about just the Chiron. I'm talking about the the little Matt facts. Oh, I see what you're saying. The current day, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, anyway, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point, Jake. Very cogent and aware of the of the current times. Hey, don't hurt your back patting yourself on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone has to. Burn. <laughs> So, Eddie entered the, the tournament after losing the tag titles to the world's greatest tag team, which happened after Tajiri got knocked off the apron and onto Eddie's pickup lowrider. And it was actually pretty funny, if I'm being honest, because <laughs> Eddie just snaps at Tajiri. Um, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this! He just wipes Tajiri off the car and laments over <laughs> his damaged goods and then just beats the crap out of Tajiri. So, he's a heel. Uh, despite this, the crowd cheers Eddie over and over again on the following SmackDowns. <laughs> he's, he's a good, cool dude. Nobody's going to take him being bad. Not yet. Which, I guess Eddie had a lot of a lot more momentum than I thought he did around this time. So Like a choo-choo it. train? Um, we'll, 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 we'll talk about trains more later. Let's just... Let's... <laughs> I thought you were about to do the Joey thing. Like the... <laughs> <laughs> So in the go home to this pay per view, Eddie and Benoit actually have a really good entering segment talking about how Benoit knows how Eddie lies uh, when he calls him his best friend, which leads Eddie to admit that he resents Benoit. And that he, Eddie actually brings up how they wrestled for different promotions. Uh, he brings up New Japan, ECW, WCW, up to the time they came to the WWF as the Radicals. And no matter where they went, Eddie felt he was under Benoit's shadow. So he's going to prove this Sunday he's the better of the two. And, you know, they actually wrestle around on after this promo until Eddie takes a bottle of spray wax and sprays it into Benoit's eyes. Which is <gasps> so good. Which I feel was not, you know, followed up on in this uh, pay-per-view. But Well, they, they talk about it, but they like... Yeah, they but like he shows no, no like... Benoit's eyes are not even remotely red, you know? No, no, no eye patches or nothing. I'm just playing. <laughs> well, 
I want to see Benoit wrestle this match blindfolded. That's all I got to say. You want you wanted Benoit to come out and have the sweat just like go off of his forehead because of the wax. That's right, man. I just <laughs> go, go all out, man. You know what are you holding back like his for? His face looks extra shiny. <laughs> like what's next? You're gonna tell me SmackDown's on Tuesday and not Thursday? Get out of here. But I digress. So before the bell, the ref explains the rules to both men, and I felt it gave it a big fight feel. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I like that little bit. It's like uh, little extra touches are nice. It made it feel like real important, especially if just like an opening match to pay-per-view. It was pretty interesting to start with, you know? Yeah, it puts, uh, puts a little prestige and a little shine on the title saying, hey, you know, get the, these guys together and get the, get the belt on TV for a while. Now, Jake, I know you prefer to open pay-per-views with pie-eating contests, but I hope oh. <laughs> you could appreciate this. You know, I do love a good slice of pie. Almost hey, as much as Kyle. <laughs> on, the day of rec- on the day of recording, this is actually National Pie Day. Hey! hey completely unintentional. <laughs> I get to choose the flavor, though. <laughs> and it's blackberry. Aw. <laughs> That sounds kind of hot. <clears throat> so, Eddie hides in the corner to start until Benoit hits a huge shoulder block, sending Eddie bailing out of the ring. We're back in, and Benoit starts in on the arm before winning a test of strength, which causes Eddie to fall to his knees and scream out in pain. Before he did that, though, I felt they were kind of losing the crowd just a little bit. So good on them for knowing exactly what to do because as Eddie is losing, he's just like, ah, ah, and it just really gets across the crowd, you know, where they're at in the match. So I liked that. Mm-hmm. So Eddie slips out and spins around Benoit into a leg sweep, and it's just so smooth. Like Santana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can tell these guys have been working together for a really, really long time. Like, they know, they know exactly... There's very little like communication. They just know exactly how to get from one spot to another. And like you can even tell like there's a couple times when they bobble something and they just immediately go to a corner to go to another set piece that they know with each other like by heart and it's perfect. It's almost as if they're best friends. Almost. Uh-huh. Like is there is there such thing as like a genuinely like bad Guerrero kind of Benoit situation? Uh, ECW One Night Stand 2005. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I've, I've ne- I have never gone and watched the One Night Stand pay-per-view. Even the good one. If yeah. I remember correctly, like, Eddie, you Stand know. Stand 2005 is really, really good, but, I, yeah, that match wasn't great. Eddie was, you know, months away from dying. Uh, and if I remember correctly, he was kind of coasting. There was some sort of political thing behind the scenes, I forget. But Benoit was, like, visibly and, you know, went on record afterwards saying how he disappointed he was in that match. No. So, yeah. That's a thing. But hey, if someone out there, you know, someone out there likes it, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It sucks to be wrong. <laughs> so, a pinfall reversal sequence gets some near falls on Benoit, sending him to the outside. Oh, I really like the one where, um, like, uh, Ben, or excuse me, Guerrero went to flip through and Benoit just, like, swatted him out of the air. Right, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that before. It looked really cool. So back in, and Eddie gives him a headlock and takes him down. It looks like Eddie's going for a tombstone, but Benoit reverses and gets a shoulder breaker. 
Benoit still can get the cross face, though, as Eddie gets the ropes just in time. And that's kind of the story of this match, how Eddie's just so elusive of this cross face. Eddie bells to the outside, but Benoit is right there with a suicide dive to put both guys down. <laughs> that's a really, really bad turn of phrase. It is, but... Mm-mm-mm. What would you prefer? Tope Suicida! Is that what you, uh, what you want? <laughs> no, I, I mean, dive, you can just say dive to the outside. Well, what's even worse, though, is that out of all the wrestlers who've ever done suicide dive, Benoit is my favorite. <laughs> and it, I'm, well, yeah, I mean that. I'm not joking. He has a really good suicide dive. Yeah, he yeah. comes from... I... <laughs> but you just can't say it seriously. Yeah, he, he's got a really good suicide dive. Uh, Michael Cole, he calls it a torpedo, which prompts Taz to subtly correct him a few seconds later. No, it's not stupid! Beats him up. <laughs> I, th- I believe it went something like, a torpedo! And Taz, <laughs> like, dot, dot, dot. That's a nice suicide dive by <laughs> So we're back in. Eddie gets caught in a half Nelson before going with a hard chop. Eddie gets back into the corner. Benoit charges at him, but gets knocked back with an elbow. Eddie is right back up with a top rope Huracarana out of the corner. Have a Corona. (laughs) Or don't. (laughs) (laughs) Big back soup. Big Big black suplex. (laughs) By Viscera. No, uh, big back suplex. Say that five times fast. By Eddie. Big back suplex, big back suplex, big back suplex, big back suplex, big back suplex. Believe I got told. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By Eddie, but it's only good for two. Uh, We hit armbar on Benoit, followed by both men exchanging chops before Eddie pokes him in the eye, which Cole calls a slap. He's a he's a he's a slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all these years later, and I still just don't get that that uh, that phrase, slap, slap nuts. nuts. Yeah, that's uh, so dumb. It is. Jeff Jarrett's still dumb. Like, <laughs> listen up, slap nuts. Do you mean Stupid. like you're gonna slap them in the nuts, or their nuts slapped together? Like, yes. <laughs> 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 I don't get it. He just, he just goes, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I, got these, I got these yellow glasses on so everyone can, I can see everyone better. I can see the empty seats even better. <laughs> Dang, that's, that's real. Eddie comes off the ropes only to fall into Benoit's trap. Of hitting the very first Spagingo! Ah, ooh! Ben, we we gotta find the guy who does like the uh, like the announcer voices for Killer Instinct. I just want to have him go like, "Spooking up." That's a good idea. Best. And it just so happens he's right here. Hey, what's up, announcer guy from uh, Killer Instinct? <laughs> oh, hey there. My name's Gregory Thomas. <laughs> are you no are you related to Dave Thomas? Yes. Oh, oh I love some burgers. Like, yes, I, made a, um, I made a cheeseburger. <laughs> what is happening? All right, hey. thanks. Bye. Yeah, get out of here, dude. 
So, yeah, first begin go of the night. Benoit starts to come back with clotheslines, followed by chops in the corner. Benoit then takes Eddie up um, up top for a belly-to-back superplex. They went, up top, top, they, uh, they went up top a lot in this match, I feel like. But it didn't feel like it was too much. They were all over the place, man. Like, just... Ah, oh, so good. I know I know we haven't given reviews yet, but man, too good. You Benoit literally picks up Eddie by his pants and hits the trifecta German suplexes. By the britches. <laughs> he sets up uh the crossface, but Eddie gets a boot onto the ropes. And I loved how Eddie was so seemingly like so tempted to tap out but used his uh, ring awareness to understand how close he was to the ropes because he couldn't see it. And he mustered up just enough strength to get a foot on the rope. I I really love that subtle touch. It subtly touched me in my heart. (laughs) Eddie is right back up with the three amigos, followed by a top rope superplex with a thousand flashbulbs to put both guys down again. And that was quick, too. Like, I remember we talked about um, during the Starcade 95 how quick those guys got up and down. Like, this didn't feel like there was any wasted time when when they got up for that superplex. No. Mm-mm. Smooth as butter. Smooth as Santana. Ha ha ha. Levi, doesn't work it's when not, you do it. It's not, <laughs> it's not funny when you do it, Levi. I'm not trying to be funny. You're not trying to be funny. <laughs> See, that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Levi sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We all love Levi. Wow, you said it so convincingly. <laughs> now girls. <laughs> I'm a man. So, Eddie, he goes for a frog splash and technically connects. Uh, what if just... when he did the frog splash, he just like popped his hands up and went, rip it, rip it, so you knew it was coming? <laughs> You know what that reminded me of? It was like when you're playing 2K and you like you hit the the top row finisher, but you only kind of touch him, but it still like freaks out. Like, oh, he hit him with the frog splash because like Benoit still sold it, even though it, he only like hit him on the arm. I mean, it looked rough though. Like you can see the pain of Benoit's face with the replay. Like mm-hmm. it it only kind of misses. You know, Eddie's arm hits Benoit as he rolls away. So, you know. Technic, you know, it's technical. Technical, they got. I don't think he was supposed to here, though. But they sold it anyway. So yeah, good, good on them for knowing what to do, though. Yeah, unlike the uh, the one time that like Jinder Mahal just completely flopped. Anyway, on his one Darn <laughs> <laughs> you, Jinder, Jinder Mahal, Mahal is sexy. <laughs> When that whole mess with him being champion was going down, I heard something. We are voice. not talking about Jinder Mahal. Stop it. You stop it right now. No current product talk. Let's get it. I allowed the reference, but I will not allow discussion. I the reference. <laughs> get out of here, Levi. <laughs> you know what? Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. <clears throat> Anyways, just, just uh, welcome to welcome to Taco Bell Cast, Kyle's new podcast. Where I, I review every menu I Bell menu, starting with uh, cheese roll ups. Dude, I love the cheesy roll ups. Dude, Dude you're cheese and a lame. That's so lame. Anybody, anybody who goes to Taco Bell and gets a cheese roll up, you deserve to get beaten up. Uh, no, or you're six. 
<laughs> You're a sissy. You go Taco Bell, get a cheese roll up. Okay. What? Reel it back, folks. Reel it back. Uh, come on, Austin. I like cheese roll ups. <laughs> you gotta eat a big burrito. Cheese roll ups. <laughs> Burritos. Oh, come on. What about cheese roll ups? Cheese roll ups, you're some kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly pronouncing Bischoff is slowly becoming my favorite thing. <laughs> I will drink this taco. Taco. Tacos. I'll tell you right now, you're going to eat this taco. You're going to chug down this Baja Blast, I tell you. I, you want to eat tacos? I get to pick the flavor. <laughs> I chose a Doritos Loco Cool Ranch. Oh, come on. <laughs> cool Ranch. It doesn't even taste like anything. <laughs> cool Ranch. <laughs> you got any fire sauce? Medium sauce? All right, fine, I'll take the verde. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, um, where even was I? Uh, the Benoit uh, Eddie Guerrero match. We're okay. six minutes into the show. Okay, uh, one heck of a power bomb gives Benoit two, and now the cross face goes on again. But Eddie is right next to the ropes for a third time. The ref gets bumped though, and it's time to bring in the belt. A belt shot sets up for the frog splash. Eddie goes for the pin, but the ref counts too slow, and Benoit kicks out, giving us this great stun face from Eddie. With the referee still down, Eddie brings in the belt again. And he hits the referee in the back, which knocks him out. <laughs> I don't understand how a shot to the back would do that, but I digress. Eddie throws the belt onto Benoit and lays down. Uh, unfortunately for Eddie, though, his illusion does not work because he knocked out the referee. <laughs> and he just screams in frustration. Big dumb butt. A big dumb butt. I know, what a dumb butt. He... He should have yelled ribbit, and the referee would have got up <laughs> right away. <laughs> Benoit pops up and grabs the crossface to finally make Eddie tap, but of course, the referee got knocked out by getting hit in the back with the U.S. belt. A German suplex drops Eddie, and Benoit tries the swan dive, only to have Eddie pull the referee in the way. <laughs> this prompts Taz to say, Well, this ref is getting his butt kicked in this match! <laughs> <laughs> Which no, just the, popped like, me despite, so much. Despite the, the butt kicking he takes in this match, still not the best ref bump of the night. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing just cracked me up so much. There's so much truth in that statement by Taz. And so after this, uh, enter the man beast. That's what he says as he comes to the ring. Rhino comes in to seemingly aid his tag team partner, uh, Benoit. He's gearing up for the gore. Uh, but swerve! Gore to Benoit! It's a heel turn! No! Man, I just... I, I was I was a little upset at this back in the day. Because mm-hmm. I loved Rhino. And I'm like, how could you turn on Benoit, dude? Like me, little 12-year-old Kyle, was watching this pay-per-view live. I was uh, clutching a Go-Gurt in one hand and a, a, a Pepsi Blue in the other, and I was just shaking with pure rage. <laughs> so many lies. So many lies in such a quick <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everything I'd known about Rhino is now false. <laughs> I wish Rhino would go extinct. <laughs> this allows Eddie to hit the frog splash for the pin to become the first ever WWE United States Champion in 22 minutes, 14 seconds. Whee! So Kyle, what do you think about this match? Uh, garbage, terrible, zero stars. No, but it was it was really good, especially for an opener to have something this hot. You know, uh, Benoit and Guerrero to work so well together, and I enjoyed it. Uh, we had the weird little swerve ending, but I guess it suits the story, and I can't fault it too much. So yeah, definitely thumbs up for me. Yeah, thumbs up for me as well. It's I mean it's a good match, and like there's a, a lot entertaining in the match, and and a lot of stuff that uh, you don't really see. So it was it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Thumbs up. Agreed. I, I would say thumbs up. and It was better than anything on Bad Blood automatically. Yes. <laughs> like, God, yes. SmackDown is just killing it, man. And Bad Blood lived up to its namesake, minus blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so nice to have like good wrestling, and even even like the the matches that suck on this pay per view. Like I know I'm getting a little ahead of it, but like there even the matches that suck are entertaining. Yeah, there's like something to get I out would of agree. everything here. Yeah. So we cut backstage to Vince McMahon by a desk with beautiful roses. <laughs> I could not tell you how many. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie McMahon comes in and starts bickering. Vince brings up Linda getting attacked on Raw by Kane. And let's just talk about uh, Kane for a few minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Just because our, our last episode, Kane Unmasked, which is doing pretty well numbers-wise. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Kane has been on a bit of a tear. He has... <laughs> He's choke slammed Eric Bischoff off the stage. He has tombstone Linda McMahon on Raw, which is what they're alluding to, just this past Monday. Uh, but before that, uh, one of the most infamous segments in Raw history, uh, Jim Ross had a sit down interview with Kane to try and get at the you know what's going on with Kane. You know, it's revealed here that he has psychological scars instead of physical ones. I'm just gonna go right into it. You know. Kane sets Jim Ross on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what and like I, in the weirdest way too. It's like he just like lights a match and drops it on him. Well, I mean, he knocks him out, presumably punches him, and yeah, he does that. So three they, though. They, ex- they explained it away. He was like, "Yeah, sorry, Kane, I was late. I was at the gas station and accidentally uh, busted the hose and was rolling around in gasoline." <laughs> See, when you said "busted the hose," uh, I, I thought, thought... <laughs> "Oh, bust out the hose." You know what I, mean? <laughs> I thought. I thought I if you want to bust out the hose, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to go Here to the blue go. Here we go with the Jim Ross and the blue chew cheese. <laughs> but what I need from us all right now, all three of us, on the count of mm-hmm. three, I'm going to count us to three, and we're going to reenact what it was like as Jim Ross screamed out in terror when he was lit on fire by Kane. So one, two, <laughs> three. Rub it on there and let it marinate for a while and you can get a nice uh, barbecue roast there. Uh, uh, jokes on Kane, I wore my uh, flame retardant underwear, so uh, it just doesn't hurt at all, folks. I don't know what I was expecting, but a thousand million percent was not that. 
allow allow me, me myself to demonstrate. Uh, oh! It, it's comically funny. Here's the thing. Uh, we'll talk more about this on our SummerSlam review, which will be the next one. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I I have remembered that segment so well in my mind. And I was like, man, that was one of the most like jaw-dropping segments I've ever seen on Raw. But watching it back, I was like, that's pretty embarrassing. I, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but hearing Jim Ross just, you know, feign screaming, just, Oh! Oh! <laughs> you, sound, you sound like the Grandma Clump. On and on and But either way, bad or good, I want somebody go out of your way to see it. With the, the Masterpiece song that make them say, <laughs> So yeah, Kane's just been going on a tear, which involved Linda and the path of it all. A few days ago on SmackDown, Vince showed up despite the fact that he was supposed to be home taking care of Linda. So, you know, for weeks now, Vince and Stephanie have been, you know, uh, having this tension between themselves. But Vince, he says he got Stephanie flowers. Uh, So she, you know, assumes it's the roses on the table or the desk. Uh, But he's like... (laughs) Uh, not these ones. These are these are for Sable. Here's yours, and gets out this puny little bouquet. <laughs> it actually made me laugh. It was silly. It was classic Vince McMahon goofs. I Vince. I mean, Vince is the heelest heel who ever healed in this pay per view. And like, even at, just setting the table from the very beginning, he's like, "Look at how much of a dick I am to even my own daughter." I'm sure if you rearrange some of those words, you would find out what he wants to give his daughter. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> more on uh, that big later. Flowers? More <laughs> something about flowers. More on that later. <laughs> uh, we cut to the. He outs- wants to take the flowers away. Basically, yes. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> as it were, uh, we cut to the outside of the Pepsi Center. Taz and Cole inform us tonight's theme song is "Price to Play" by Stain. Uh, which gives us this awesome Taz line. He goes, Everyone knows I'm a big Stained fan. Taz loves Stained. Stained loves Taz. Uh, it's all good. Price to play, Stain. <laughs> yep. Hey, are you folks ready for the indecent proposal match where Jamie Noble and Billy Gunn fight for the opportunity to bang Tori Wilson? <laughs> WWE, women are objects. <laughs> and, and he's not like, there's no, he's not exaggerating at all. Yeah, that's literally it. <laughs> it's an indecent proposal match. I mean, so. I mean, you know, if Tori could have ended this whole match by just going to HR. But but here's the thing, she wouldn't have, and here's why. Here's a little bit of backstory. Billy Gunn returned recently as the man who loves butts instead of the man who loves Chuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, is there so much of a difference? 
uh, which involved Tori Wilson being the special guest ring announcer. Uh, to that, I would say, Tori, don't quit your day job. Uh, more but, like uh, special breast ring announcer, am I right? <laughs> uh, this somehow got Tori Wilson to be attracted to him, so they became an item, which involved them, like, uh, you know, very obviously Fane making out on SmackDown. Uh, fun fact, Billy Gunn is 12 years older than Tori. But anyway. That is fun. <laughs> anyway. Apart from them, Jamie Noble has a family member that passes away, and he leaves them with nearly a million dollars. So, long story short, Jamie Noble offers Tori $10,000 to spend the night with him. Which I assume means, you know, just spending the night, watching movies, uh, you know, playing games, maybe a BuzzFeed quiz here and there. It's a WWE 24-7 and chill. Hey baby, get you on up in here. We'll we'll get a we'll get a whole bunch of cameras in here. We'll spend twenty four hours in a hotel room and just hanging out, have a good time. Fucking auction here. You want to go to the gas station? Levi's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I was trying to resist making those jokes again. <laughs> Who's eating? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it's me. I'm trying to distance myself from the mic. I haven't had anything to eat all day. You're good. Also, distance yourself from from the food. <laughs> also no um, that's how it works <laughs> don't worry i'll put i'll put the mute button on between shoes you're good um also i want to say you haven't cut out once kyle it's amazing can't beat the big sexy <laughs> <laughs> uh so of course she's like ew no the next week jamie apologizes and ups the offer to twenty thousand dollars you get the point and, and he goes like, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I guess this money's gone to my head. I, I think by the world with it, but, you know, you're beautiful and intelligent, and I wouldn't want to mess that up, so can we just be friends? And then they hugged, and that was it. It was actually really heartwarming. It was, yeah, really nice. But he went for a front hug, and you could see, like, his perverted little smile, and uh, uh, then he bragged about how he hugged Tori Wilson, and... He's like, I could feel her boobies on me. It was cool. <laughs> uh... But after much persistence, uh, after a match where Billy Gunn handily defeated Jamie Noble, Tori gives Jamie the stipulation that if he can beat Billy Gunn at vengeance, she'll sleep with him next Thursday on SmackDown. And I just want to say, I really hate Billy Gunn right now. (laughs) I hate this whole story. It's so stupid. Billy Gunn just does not fit in on SmackDown right now. The pairing is doing nobody any favors, except maybe Jamie Noble, who's been stagnant for a while. Uh, but I will say, the best thing about this whole thing is we get to hear Billy Gunn's theme song. I'm an ass man. I'm an ass man. Damn, damn. damn. Yeah, I'm an ass man. Damn, damn. I like to kick him. I like to love him. I like to kiss her. Just kiss butt holes. I don't kiss butt holes. Eating ass, man. No, stop it. No, no. no. Now I have to put an E rating on this. Hey, guys. I'm a fat man. (laughs) I'd like to eat them. I'm a fat man. (laughs) I didn't even have to ask. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Buns of glory. Buns of steel. 
Birds of glory! Birds of steel! I'd like to see the man to eat a bad meal. Don't walk with her meal. I will eat. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, Jamie Noble comes out with this briefcase and basically says, In here I got my sex oils and my sex items. <laughs> That's freaking weird. <laughs> I got my sex oils and my big dildos. <laughs> Kyle, it immediately reminded me of our Armageddon review where <laughs> you're quoting Jim Ross talking about Don Marie and uh, Al Wilson. Uh, that shocking tape, that that certainly was some, some sex, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just like... Uh, he sounds like uh, like a twelve year old trying to talk about sex. <laughs> I got my my sex sex items. <laughs> sex oils. I'm gonna I'm gonna use them on your uh, your boobies. Yeah. <laughs> you got two of them. <laughs> He's gonna get at least. <laughs> I can't wait to see your your china. That's what it's called, right? A china. Wait till you see my wino. <laughs> Tor, you're going to be surprised how big my wino is. <laughs> Get you one up in there. Maybe you let me see my big wino. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. I got to pee in your underwear. It's how we do it, right? <laughs> I was thinking of South Park this whole time. (laughs) You slap the boobies around and then pee. (laughs) That's how you have a baby. Anyways, we got a match to talk about. And I got to tell you, it was a five-star classic. So, so Billy kicks the briefcase into into Jamie Noble's face before opening it up to reveal that they actually did load this briefcase up with sex objects. Subjects. Oils, paddles, ball gags. What the heck? Pay-per-view, baby. Vince McMahon horniness here. I'm telling you. Oh, you gotta get you gotta get the lube. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, I bet Vince was like, uh, something's missing about this angle. Wait, hold on a second, I'll go out to my car. And he just brings back that briefcase. <laughs> here, Jamie, here's this. Here's the lube. You open up his trunk, it's just filled with this stuff. He's got multiple Halliburtons. <laughs> That's a uh, shame. He should have used the lube. He should have used the lube in the match. Like, you can't pin me. I'm too luby. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you would think, right? Because, I mean, Chekhov's gun would say, you know, if you see something in the first act, then it must show by the third. So, you know, you'd think if they're going to open up the thing and show us that there's there's lube and all sorts of stuff that, you know, the, the insides of this case matter. Come on, wrestling logic. Well, he's not Michael Nakazawa, now is he? Well, he's gonna, he's a, he, he needs a Michael knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, the third he's gonna use the case on SmackDown. What are you talking about? Oh, I guess that is a third act. I'm gonna cover you in oil the, and then I'm gonna uh, uh, hit you with his paddle. He hits her over the head. She's like, What are you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna be a champion, baby. Okay, we we gotta get through this match. Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this long on this match. So Billy takes him inside for a tilt world. Rolex D match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> 
Billy takes him inside uh, for a tilt-a-whirl slam, followed by a wheelbarrow faceplant, but misses a splash in the corner. Jamie hits a dropkick to Gunn, which looks like it didn't connect, but nevertheless. Uh, he tries to dive to the floor, but gets caught, only to have Billy's knee give out. Afterwards, Nydia comes out as Jamie works over the knee. Billy jumps over a kick to the leg and hits a one and only to put both guys down. So I, I gotta ask real quick, sorry to interrupt, but um, <clears throat> during this whole build, like, has Nydia appeared at all? Or yes. is this the first time? No, she's she's been active, and everyone's kind of been like, you know, what the heck, Nydia's right here, why are you being so yeah. horny, to, uh, uh, Jamie Noble? So weird. But relationships don't last forever in wrestling, unless you're the Dudley boys, I guess. <laughs> but even, even still... What about Triple H and staff? Yeah, just ask Mark Marrow. They broke up. <gasps> anyway. Kaifai, Kaifai! Gun starts firing up with clotheslines, followed by... Oh. What? That was an unintentional pun. Gun starts firing up. Ah! <laughs> I didn't even know. You big silly! I, I gotta say, I did like the one and only. I thought that was a really good... It was a cool-looking move, and with a guy the size of Jamie Noble, it looked huge. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I like the contrast to size in the match. But yeah, he, start, sure. he starts loading up with the clotheslines followed by an actually cool hip toss into a neckbreaker. Pin only gets two. The Famouser misses, so Billy settles for a diamond cutter for two. <laughs> Jamie gets in a super DDT, but Nydia puts Billy's foot on the rope. Terry... What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying to bang Tor Wilson. Go get, go get. I'm trying to do something. Go get. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Tori next, comes next time your wife comes around. Please just yell that at her, <laughs> but dude. I do that. Yeah, you have to. You know? <laughs> go get, go get him. Do something, <laughs> So Tori comes over for some reason and gets kissed. But here's the thing: Noble's mouth was cut, so not only was spit swapped, but blood also. Yeah, that was uh, gross. Gross. I thought bad blood already happened. Am I right? You big sill. I know it. This causes Noble to get slapped back and forth. And back into the ring. Which should be a disqualification. Right. That's what I'm saying. So Noble drop kicks Gunn's bad knee and starts bringing up Tori Byer hair onto the apron. Billy Gunn goes for the gunslinger. And I just gotta say at this point, good on Taz. Because without him, I may not have known... Uh, what the signature Billy Gunn moves are called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, would anybody? Uh, but Noble escapes and pushes Billy into Tori, setting up a roll-up with Jamie's hands on the tights. I saw no pulling. For the pin. She's roll-up, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said he's going for the Baja Blast. It's over. <laughs> Baja Blast. <laughs> Can I have a diet Pepsi? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the pan in five minutes. I gotta say, thumbs in the middle. I can't say I hated this match. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. But, it was alright. At best. Mm-hmm. Jake, what did you think about the match? Yeah, I mean, there were enough cool moves. Like I said, I mean, as as much of a charisma vacuum as B.A. Billy Gunn is, uh he has some cool moves and he's, he's got a good, you know, he's got a good physique and he throws Jamie Noble around quite a bit. I, it's the, the whole thing's kind of dumb, but I mean, whatever. Thumbs in the middle. 
Kyle? Uh, yeah, I have to give this a uh, thumbs up and match of the night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, thumbs in the middle. It was way better than I thought it would be. It was completely competent and kept my entertainment completely enough. competent. There you go. <laughs> and it kept my it kept my uh, attention. You know, it was entertaining enough. The premise was completely stupid, and the ending made me go, how are they going to... They're not going to consummate love on SmackDown. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, some shenanigans are going to go down. And I kind of felt like it, it has to end that way. Like, the ending was more or less predictable. Because, I mean, it's like, oh, Billy Gunn won! I guess he doesn't get laid! Bye, everyone! It's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Thumbs middle. You know, th- as as silly as everything around this match was, this is, this is what you want out of, you know, if you have, like, something lower turn on the card, you want to walk away saying, oh, okay, well, that made me laugh. Or that was, you know, competent. You don't want to say, well, that sucked. Which right. you can't you can't always control those sorts of things, but yeah, um, you know. So for that, you know, it, at at most it can get a thumbs in the middle. So yeah, yeah, like a good little breather between like more solid matches. Let me up stuff. We cut backstage to Funaki SmackDown's number one announcer. Yeah, yeah, with, Funaki with the APA. Appa. <laughs> the APA is not happy with the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, so basically, what's been going on is they've been inviting people uh, to this barroom brawl invitational uh, <laughs> to be held here tonight at Vengeance. And just been going around, handing out invitations on SmackDown. So this past Thursday, he asked, uh, Brooklyn Brawl that is, he asked for an invite, but the APA rejected him. Uh, at first, it's kind of funny. They weren't convinced that it was actually him. Like you're not Steve, you're Steve Lombardi. You're not the Brooklyn Brawler. Haha, <laughs> same person. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he wants to be in the match because Doink is in it, and he hates clowns. <laughs> uh, so this following line will make sense of something else for you guys if you don't know. Peter, let's see. Hey, you know that fake preacher brother Love's gonna be there. Yep. Uh-huh. Hey, and the Conquistadors. Yeah, and not to mention Matt and John from Tough Enough Three oh. and Doink the Clown. Hey, and guess that? Guess who? Who? That punk-ass Easter Bunny is going to be there. The Easter Bunny? Yes. Uh-huh. Where I come from, we hate the Easter Bunny. Hey, you too, man. You know what? I can remember as a kid, the Easter Bunny just totally dips the hood, no. man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You fellas can count me in. I'll be there. Uh, Ron Simmons can empathize because he hates the Easter Bunny. Because he always skipped over the hood. So, <laughs> after a match with the FBI... Brooklyn Brawler came down to the ring and beat up Bradshaw Simmons with a chair. Which then prompted the heels with nothing going on to come down and start beating them down as well. So they invite Funaki. Funaki asks, what should I wear? And Bradshaw says, come as a Japanese reporter who wrestles part-time. And he just got, no, he got like really uncomfortably close to him and just whispered, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> So then the Easter Bunny hops up, uh, Simmons says Dorn, and Bradshaw says he thinks this is going to be fun. So if if y'all didn't get the Easter Bunny being there, that would explain why.
each other around. I'll still there. <laughs> <laughs> so in this match, we have Ron Simmons, Bradshaw, Brooklyn Brawler, Chuck Palumbo, Brother Love, Chris Canyon, uh, Conquistadors, Danny, <laughs> the Basham Brothers, <laughs> Shaniqua, Doink the Clown, uh, Easter Bunny, Funaki, John Hennigan, aka John Morrison, Johnny Stamboli, Shannon Moore, Nunzio, Matt Capitelli, rest in peace, Matt Hardy, Orlando Jordan, Sean O'Hare, rest in peace, and Spanky. I forgot about Spank. Old Spanky. I loved how he was dancing on the, 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 the thing when people were coming out. Oh, it was great. He was definitely like he was trying definitely doing what he could to get over and it you know, it's definitely working for him right there because who else who else could pull that sort of nonsense off? I thought you were gonna say, Who better than Canyon? Uh, <laughs> no, I, do. I seriously thought that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> Oh, better than Canyon. So what y'all guys may or may not know here is uh, the Easter Bunny is Damien Sandow. Oh, no, I had no idea. The Conquistadors are Rob Conway, who will soon be known as Robert Conway. Robert. And Johnny of the Spirit Squad. But, Doink doink the Clown. Rene Dupree, you want to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown is played by Doink none, the Clown, none other than Nick Dinsmore. Oh, Eugene! Jeez, Eugene making his ruthless aggression debut. Technically, technically, <laughs> we're so close, man. <laughs> Uncle Eric, Eugene, what? My nephew. <laughs> Rectangles. <laughs> what? I know. think of that SpongeBob episode when he pulls out the candy bars oh. and Patrick goes rectangles. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so there's a big bar set up adjacent to the stage, complete with uh, bottles, bottles? Uh, <laughs> some tables, uh, a big saloon sign, and a lamp. Uh, I'm going to try and run this down as best I can, uh, but there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it was a big sloppy slugfest, I guess. You'd be able to describe it in a weird way. You know, everyone is handed a beer as they come in, um, including Matt Hardy, who, according to the Matt fact, hates bar fights. Yes. The last man drinking wins here. Uh, Brother Love gives this long... Long promo before the start of the match, which Jake, you may not remember all that he said, but can you kind of give us like a rundown of what happened here? Well, basically, this is a bar fight, and even though I live, doesn't mean I like you. <laughs> Goat? That's what I just say, yeah. <laughs> Bad. Well, yeah. Like I was, I was throwing it on there at the end, but no. It's, I, it, the only thing I could really think of is like this. This is exactly where the pig pen was for right. right. Pig pen fun. The, yeah, pig pen fun. Pig pen anyway, fun. It basically he gets out and just does the <laughs> does the the brother love shtick, and then it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the last man drinking here went. So after that benediction. He asks for forgiveness before he breaks a stool over the conquistador's backs. 
Most people are standing around drinking. Like I think the whole time Funaki is just sitting literally at the bar, uh, just mm-hmm. chilling. Which oh yeah, I love oh, that. Yeah. He's, he's the one guy who doesn't really do much anything, but is probably the best in the whole thing. Right, chaos just all around him, but he's he's you know he's just vibing. He's vibing, having beers. He he probably has five or six beers. Uh, but yeah, the Easter Bunny just gets decimated. The Brooklyn Brawler throws Doink the Clown through the window. So rest in peace, Eugene. Well, hey, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. It was the Easter Bunny who gets thrown through the window uh, because they tried to slide him across the bar top and it didn't work. Because they like had that, so they JBL picks him up and. That's right. Him I'm through. sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Get it right, Levi. Man. So, but yeah, like I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, they messed up. Like they were trying to do the slide him across the bar spot and it, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, so O'Hare he starts being like a martial artist and uh, grabs some pool cues and breaks them over APA's heads a really cool spot though Shannon Moore dives off the stage to take out O'Hare uh, but afterwards Brother Love breaks a mirror over his head what's Brother Love running wild in this match <laughs> and Matt Hardy drives uh, a basham and Canyon through the table on the second try because <laughs> it didn't Maybe break better. the first so basically, how this ends is Bradshaw takes a bottle and bashes it over Brother Love's head, and that's it. This and Bradshaw wins despite the fact that Ron Simmons was standing right next to him. Well, they're a team. Why didn't they both win? They 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 said JBL and and Farouk, didn't they? They said no. the APA I could, won. No, I just it just said uh, Bradshaw, right? Yeah. Oh. Would have been cool if that moment, like they're both like, "Yeah, woo!" and they turned around and looked at each other and were like, and then they started fighting. I'm sure that'll oh. happen someday. <laughs> I mean, not like they don't have to fight, like you know, oh, heel turn. They both hate each other, but like, we gotta. I think right. that would have been fun. No, yeah, I agree. And afterwards, this they give each other a hug and crack a yeah. beer. That would have been like the most APA thing possible. Well, we gotta fight each other now. This match was entertaining enough. Uh, I mean, it was just I, I like hardcore stuff. It's funny. It's fun. Passes the time well. I liked it. Kyle, what do you what do you say? Uh, it was it was fine. I mean, it's like it's I guess it's hardcore. It's the softest hardcore. It's not anything crazy. Softcore. Um, softcore. It's softcore. Um, you know, it was goofy. It was fun. I mean, the ending was predictable. Obviously, APA was going to go over. Uh, by the end, it's kind of weird because it all felt like this is like a big setup just to kind of like. I don't know, just stroke Bradshaw's ego a bit. But, you know, it was dumb fun. Uh, I feel kind of weird giving it thumbs up or thumbs down because it didn't really feel like a match. It kind of made me think of like a in-between match segment like you'd see on SmackDown or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why I just said I liked it enough. I didn't oh, give okay. It a, I didn't give it a I thumb. Did. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Brother yeah, I liked sucks. It. Brother sucks. No, I liked it enough. It was, it was good. I was thinking the bunny though would end up like pulling the the little bunny head off and it would be somebody surprising and it wasn't. That was a little disappointing. Yeah, it was just a bunny. I, I mean, <laughs> just... it was it was fine. I mean, I I liked the I liked pretty much everybody that got involved. Like, I love the FBI coming out with the one dude wearing the flak jacket. I thought that was great. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, whatever. Well, what if the, they removed the bunny hood and it was Steve Austin and all of a sudden everybody just started shaking because he's the biggest alcoholic in the WWE? <laughs> Everyone starts <laughs> shaking. 
Like, we can't ban manage him! He's gonna destroy us! We all immediately went into detox because Stone Cold showed up and he just evaporated everyone else's drunk. <laughs> so we cut backstage to Jamie Noble reading and sniffing Tori Wilson's Playboy, which looks considerably worn. He's like, I've touched my wiener to this a lot! You know, guys, this is a really powerful magazine that it was able to not only tear apart Test and Stacy, but now Jamie and Nydia. He calls over, presumably a stage equipment guy, and says, Hey, hey, look at that. I've been carrying this Playboy around in my sex box for four long months. <laughs> sex box. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you want to play Xbox when you said that. And now I get to touch, do anything I want. You sound 12! You sound 12! I had never seen a, a naked lady before. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I will note, um, that he, he was actually legitimately open on the page to her actual spread, because there's a point when he kind of like sniffs it, or he's like, this is nice. Yeah, he's like rubbing his nose through the middle of it. It was weird. He, he leans the magazine down a little too much, and you can get a hint of booby. A hint of booby? So there's a booby on WWE Network. Better not tell him. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the random guy questions him and says what about Nydia and Jamie dismisses him saying she'll be alright poor Nydia I know right So, not much to say here. Billy Kidman recently returned uh, from injury and watched Ray's matches from the crowd. When Ray would win, which was every time, I think, uh, Kidman would jump up and down and celebrate with him, leaving Ray looking confused. So, I think the idea is you're kind of getting Billy Kidman's heel turn started here, but I don't remember when exactly that will start. So, they're up for a tag title shot after teaming together for a couple weeks. So, to start the match, Shelton takes Ray down to start with some good catchers catch can wrestling. Wrestling. You know, it looks good for Shelton, I must admit. It's Shelton. good for Shelton. I love Shelton, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton looks good. <laughs> Ray comes at him with some punches, followed by a head scissors. Ray tags out to Kidman. Ray whips Benjamin for a drop toehold into a kick uh, to the side by Kidman, which looked really cool. A little back and forth equals another head scissors to Benjamin, this time by Kidman. Kidman then gets Irish whipped reversed into a rebounding knee by Benjamin. Benjamin tags out to Haas, and it seems like Billy has really bulked up here. And I'm just like, how is he a cruiserweight? He looks great. Like, Absolutely, I, I, it's really it's really hard to be funny about this match because it's just it's just <clears throat> really good wrestling. 
Agreed. Yeah. I love this match before we even get started on talking about it. Do we have SmackDown bias? Is is that a thing? Oh yeah, totally. I, well, I mean, it's because <laughs> I'm really made, trying but... to. I'm trying to be partial, but every it seems like everything they do is gold. Well, it's like one show is good right now and one show is bad right now. It's not bias. It's just fact. Okay, I just needed some validation. It's like, what would you rather see? Would you rather see all these talented people go at it or just Triple H being like, I'm Ric Flair, look at my nipples. <laughs> There's that Triple H nipple quota. We got to get one per episode, folks. Got to mention Blue Chew, got to mention uh, Triple H nipples, and we got to make fart noises for Levi's sake. <laughs> for my sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for my sake. <laughs> <laughs> So Haas works over Kidman, which includes screaming and yelling while choking him on the second rope. Haas goes to jump on Kidman, but uh, he dodges and Haas gets trapped up in the ropes. Kidman starts hitting uh, Haas in the back of the head and tags in Ray. This allows Kidman to hold Haas in position for Ray to hit a springboard leg drop, which looked really cool. Yeah. You know, I like this spot because it made sense. Because... I, you know, I hate that Alberto Del Rio corner move where they just kind of hold themselves up in the corner and he stomps him down. That yeah. Was, yeah. It's one of those moves where you can say wrestling's fake. <laughs> so I feel like it's on the person who's receiving the move to try and sell it like, oh, they're trying to get up. They're just so weak. And then the person who's doing the move just to be quick about it. But whenever they drag it out, it's like, this is fake. Right. Uh, but, you know, who knew? Who knew it could work so well if you had someone else holding... That somebody. Ray goes for the pin, but Benjamin breaks it up. Uh, fellas, I have a question for you both. Okay. What does drop the dime mean? Drop the dime? Well, I mean, in one instance, it means to to rat somebody out. Um, or it's to make a very sweet pass in the game of basketball. Kyle, do you have any... Um... Theories, game, game uh, theories. I was gonna say uh, to me, I've heard drop the dime be used like whenever you go to the store and pay for something with two dollars, and they give you change, and it just kind of slips through your fingers. And you have to pick it up. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I dropped the dime. You know they they say it for Rey Mysterio a lot. They go drop the dime, drop the dime, cool. Uh, the I I don't have an answer, but the only thing I could think of was like. You know, you know, area code six one nine, maybe like a making phone. a call. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Maybe, but if if anyone out there has an answer, please let us know, Mister Fretz. I'm counting on you, Mister Fretz. I know you're listening out there. He's <laughs> like, "Yep, it's making a phone call." <laughs> With ten ten poo twenty, am I right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, Levi <flop>. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ray goes for a wheelbarrow bulldog, but Haas reverses into what appears to be a reverse Bubba Bomb of sorts. Bubba Bomb. And then he hits a reverse stink face, but you guys don't want to see that. That's only on the DVD. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, just playing. Uh, Haas then hits a hammer throw Irish whip to send Ray barreling into the corner. Ray attempts a head scissors, but Haas reverses in midair and slams Ray to the mat. Uh, my wife Stephanie kept calling Charlie Haas Justin Timberlake. <laughs> That's the only way he'd get any any more entertaining is if he was someone else. Mm-mm. 
Benjamin tags in and just vaults Ray high into the air. Shelton's powerbomb is reversed into an awesome Huracurana flip drop kick by Ray. And then we get the hot tag to Billy Kidman. Billy, 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 Billy. Hell, hell, hell. That should have been his heel theme. <laughs> it's like, n- nobody can take me on. Billy, 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 Billy. Oh, God, Cole, it's Billy Kidman. Why does that remind Kid- me of Giggle Cream in Vice City? It's down to love. Giggle Cream. Can't beat the big sexy. Billy, 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 Billy. I would love that. See, he comes in with a hot tag. Uh, he hits a bunch of clotheslines and drop kicks, which is then followed by... To Charlie Haas. Good. A BK bomb from Kidman, but it's only good for two. Also, it credit. Took, it credit, took me a while to realize BK bomb stood for Billy Kidman. What do you think is that? Burger King? <laughs> well, I was like, what is, well, I was just like, BK bomb? What, like Brooklyn? Like, oh, Billy Kidman. <laughs> That's why Jake is the stupid dummy of the night. <laughs> Uh, which I got to give credit to Taz again because without him, I wouldn't have known this was a BK bomb. Man, Taz is a highly underrated, good color commentator. Yeah, he's great. I he's got Taz. his. He has his flubs, but like overall, he is very solid. Yeah, and he he still got it too, which is which is great. I love Taz. And it, it looks like those diabolical sons of guns, the world's greatest tag team, are finna cheat. And hit a broken arrow behind the ref's back. Uh, but Ray is fast enough to break up the dive onto Kidman's back by pulling at Benjamin's feet as he comes off the ropes. Benjamin. Yes. Oh. Meanwhile, Kidman is setting up Haas for the 619, but it is broken up as well. Uh, but Benjamin returns the favor by grabbing Ray's feet as he hits the ropes. So Ray settles for a springboard seated senton to the floor to drop Benjamin. Immediately afterwards, Haas rushes Kidman, but he gets caught with a Spagingo! Ah! To the outside. Oh, they're just killing dudes all over the place in this match. I'm telling I, you, man. I, I heard uh, afterwards they were more beat up than Kurt Angle after WrestleMania. I heard it was oh. really intense. They had neck surgery right there in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> the mercy ring neck surgery. Just, just you know, patch him up, let him go, keep fighting. It was in a, a full body cast. <laughs> They just throw themselves at each other. (laughs) And whoever just happens to land on top wins. So Kidman, with an unbelievable spot, scales the ropes and hits a shooting star press to the floor. That That looked great. Amazing. Yeah. It was, was, at that time, the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. But there is Mm. only one better. And that's Canyon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who better? So back in and Kidman covers, but only gets two. And I think the ref slow counted, which I hate. Is this a is this the one where the fans get super pissed and start chanting? Ah, uh, it's either this one or a spot right after this. I don't remember. Uh, but a little tussle ensues on the apron. Ray is distracting the ref, which allows Benjamin to run in and ram Kidman to the post. Kidman slips out of a surfboard and sends Charlie outside, but gets quickly stifled. Kidman fights out of the corner by tossing Haas to the outside. The tag connects, but Shelton distracted by the referee, uh, drawing some very nice heat from the crowd right there. 
and allows the world's greatest tag team to hit a double suplex. Powerbomb by Benjamin, and they're just wearing Kidman down. Taz goes on a rant about how this isn't ballet, lollipops, or rainbows. This is a fight. Oh. <laughs> Classic Taz. Kidman utilizes the energy of fans clapping to make the hot tag to Rey Mysterio. He comes, booyaka, in, booyaka. <laughs> he comes in with an awesome flip drop kick of sorts, followed by an insegrated Benjamin. Charlie Haas comes after Ray, but looks like a big old oaf as Ray ducks and he goes barreling over the top rope. Springboard into a sunset flip is only good for two from Ray, but he lands a huge wheelbarrow DDT, which gets the nearest of near falls on Shelton Benjamin. That's the, yeah, that's the one that the fans got hot at. They were like, boo! They thought it was three, but it was pretty clearly two. They just didn't like the outcome. Right. Yeah, they're a bunch of stupid dummies. The 619 into the springboard seated Centon connects and looks to finish, but uh, the referee's with Kidman. Uh, bad refing in this match, man. Yeah. This allowing Shelton to make the save. Kidman launches Ray up for a super hurricanrana and a very near fall on Haas. Uh, my question is, referee for this match is Mike Kyoto. How did he make it to this match after just getting beat up in the opening contest. Hey, man, the ref's got to refs got to do what a ref's got to do. Just put a Z-pack on it, man. Ray's shocked face and big reaction from the crowd pushed things even further. Dragon Whip to Kidman sends, uh, sends him out, so Ray loads up a victory roll on Haas, but Benjamin makes a blind tag and springboards into a clothesline as Haas powerbombs him down for the pin as Kidman is just too late to retain the titles. Anyways, as far as what I thought of it, uh, it could have been better. You know? Thumbs down. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Uh, It was, it was a really great tag match. Uh, Both teams, a lot of real flipping and flopping, a lot of intensity. I really dug it. Um, I was hoping Ray would pick up the win. Ray and old Billy, Billy K, old BK. Didn't really pan out that way, but yeah, both teams showed a lot of a lot of greatness. I really like this match. Yeah, I mean, not not a lot to say. I mean, thumbs up for me. It's a it's a good match. It's definitely uh, probably the best match of the night. So uh, yeah, oh, it's, wow. it's good. I I think so anyway. As far as like just the the wrestling goes, um, even even if Charlie Haas is involved, it's still the best best overall wrestling match. I think. So, uh, yeah, it's my match of the night anyway. Thumbs up. I definitely... I, th- I think... I was just going to say, I think Haas is like, improved on what we'd seen previously. But, yeah, he's still not perfect. <laughs> he's still a butthole. He's I still d- a little butthole. <laughs> I definitely disagree with you, Jake. But that's, like, a good problem to have. And we'll talk more about that later. But uh, if it's, if like it's you not... You just love McMahon and Gowan, don't you? If it's not number one, it's number two. I will say that. <laughs> oh, you... Uh, but yeah. I give this match a thumbs up, and was it was very good. Lots of action, and I actually dug for a change the world's greatest tag team in the, as heels in this role. And I want to mm-hmm. see more. Yeah, they did a great job, I gotta say. They're very cohesive. So, Jake, cut us to a commercial break. We'll be right back with more hilarious wrestling stuff after these messages. Don't miss it. 
Rated T for Teen in stores now. For generations, they have been the two biggest names in terror. He may get the blood, but I'll get the glory. But he's coming back. And this summer, for the first time ever, she's mine! Two legends will come together. It's time to put this bad dog to sleep. Versus Jason, winner kills all. Rated R. Yes, I did it, and I'll do it up. of berries with a splash of cola. Pepsi Blue. It's a blue thing. Did you see my ball? Right there. Where? I don't see it, man. I think uh, it's correlated. There you go. Point right at it. Oh, that's not my ball. Got your name on it. Shermer. No, that's not mine. It's your ball. I can't go in there, man. I won't go in there. No, sir. Chain chops, warp pipes, and more. There's lots to avoid in Mario Golf Toastal Tour. Don't even Nintendo gave you break a D for everyone.
Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Practice podcast, practice podcast, doing the noises that we do on the show. Doing the noise we do on the show. Boo or goo coming up soon. You don't know what to do. So if you like those types of shenanigans, you need to listen to my show with that guy over there. Alex and that guy over there. Jake, it's my show with Alex and Jake, the flagship show of the Red Arrow Network, everywhere podcasts are available. So we cut to Cole and Taz, and Michael Cole says, "Look at all these coal miners here." What? Why are you laughing? Sound like you said cut to Cole and Taz. <laughs> that is not funny. You know, that's funny. Cole and Taz. It's like buttholes, everybody. <laughs> okay, let's try this again. Levi the butthole. We cut to Taz and Michael Cole. Uh, Michael Cole says. <laughs> Oh, Cole said what, Levi? Oh, wait. It's funny because of how much you changed it. Just so it was Colin <laughs> I just flipped their names around. Whatever. But you also said Michael. <laughs> like, it's completely okay. Okay. <laughs> Go on, tell us more about Colin Tess. <laughs> we cut to the announcers at ringside. Michael Cole says... <laughs> He just laughs. Vince gets mad at him. I'll wait. Stop laughing, damn it. <laughs> Michael Cole says, look at all these coal miners here. Uh, I was surprised he was saying that back in 2003. Honestly. And Taz was like, nah, bro. They're my Tasmaniacs. Uh, and they look to Sable versus Stephanie as one heck of a cat fight. Speaking of, Oof. next match, Kyle. It works, it works. God, anyways. Uh, it is grandest you, opening for like the least exciting match in the world. You you called this a no count out <laughs> cat fight. I call this Vince McMahon fetish match. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, I call yeah. this a stable butt floss match. Yeah. I don't know. I call no it <laughs> it's, it's a stable big gazunga slam. So, the backstory here is a little loaded, but here it is. 
Sable was brought in by Vince to be Stephanie's personal assistant, and Stephanie did not like this because obviously mm-hmm. it's veiled to be Vince trying to make out and fill up Sable. <laughs> so, which, which he is. What if he? What if he just went up and was like, "Sable, I want to make out with you and fill you up." I'm like, just blunt. I'm sure he did, and that's why she She's sued like, them. That'll be ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, call back. Uh, so Vince Sable, they're always just making out and stuff. And just when you consider that only a couple of years ago, prior to this point, Sable was suing the company for sexual harassment, just adds some uncomfortability to this whole thing. <laughs> there was a segment on SmackDown where Vince and Sable were making out on Stephanie's desk after uh, Sable tried to seduce that Gowan to make him look foolish. <laughs> And so, just seduce him for that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't you dare diss the one-legged warrior. Just kidding. We love you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Um. <laughs> so they're making out, and Stephanie comes barging in, says, "Get out!" And Sable goes running off. Uh, she came in and said, "Go get!" <laughs> and she just starts going off on Vince. And. Do you guys remember back in our Royal Rumble review when I referred to Tori Wilson versus Don Marie in the first ever historic stepmother versus stepdaughter match as this has Vince McMahon fetish written all over it? Yes. yes. Vividly. How could I forget? And how I then said oh. it wouldn't be the last time I said that this year. <gasps> no, oh, no, I remember I do, that. I do recall. Here's the continuation of that. As, no. as during, dun, dun, dun. during this said segment, Stephanie is berating Vince for not being a loving father and insinuates that he forced her to do sexual acts with business partners to seal the deal. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't want their daughter to do that? It's what uh, daughters are for, right? But why couldn't it just be left at he hasn't, you know, he sucked as a dad? Why add the sexual stuff? Because that's what gets Vince off. Then, one week later on SmackDown... Vince, like you're about to do your Bischoff impression. Yeah. Smackdown. One week later. But listen, Vince. Sex, sex. Vince was seemingly apologizing to Stephanie. Seemingly. And, and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and in, re- in reference to sealing the deal, you know, that whole line he dropped, he says, I, I didn't do it. But, uh, you know, it was uh, I got to flower to you. Steph, I, I feel that last week your comments of scorn, well, they're still ringing in my ears. But I'd like to state this, that, that you have always been the apple of my eye. You always have been. You've always been daddy's little girl. And you always will. I'm trying to have a conversation with my daughter. This doesn't include any of you people, please. Okay? I'm trying to say something to my daughter. So, even when you were just a little girl and you had that, that cute little Dorothy Hamill haircut, remember that? I mean, you were absolutely precious. And then you kind of grew up on me very quickly. You matured very quickly, yes. And, and I admit, when, uh, when you were 17, I, 
I admit now that I asked you to close certain business deals for me, and or at least to help me, and, and you did. And uh, I didn't realize at the time really what I had done. I didn't realize it till last week. And some would say I'm immoral. Others may say I'm amoral. I, I, I don't really know except that I realize now what I truly did, Stephanie. I stole something from you, Stephanie. I stole something from you. I stole your innocence from you, Stephanie. And it's almost as if, it's almost as if I, even though I didn't, it's almost as if I personally deflowered you. Ew! This oh, McMahon is attracted disgusting. to his daughter. You can't tell me otherwise. Well, yeah, he wanted to have that incest angle, and Stephanie was like, hell no. Nah. But no, no dad, no sane father on planet Earth. Would say that. Not even well, acting. Vince What's wrong with you? Father. Exactly, exactly. But if there was if there was any doubt, you know, even even with the incest proposed storyline, let this be affirmation to you that this McMahon is indeed attracted to his daughter. You hear you heard it here first, folks. Ruthless aggression uh We got the scoop, baby. Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> so what do fathers do that run a multi multi million dollar wrestling company attracted to their adult daughters do? Go skiing. They book them in a sanctioned cat fight with their mistress. Oh, except there's no actual cat this time, which was a real disappointment. That's right. <laughs> and, and to be completely honest, when I hear cat fight, with I think my a boyfriend. Little, I think grabbing hair and <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> When I hear the term cat fight, I always think of like grabbing hair and slapping around and stuff. And this was more of a brawl. And panties match. <laughs> oh, brawl, yeah. Brawl and panties match. And obviously, they hate each other and have been attacking each other on SmackDown. Uh, one of which had Stephanie rip off Sable's shirt and bra <gasps> to show her boobs on TV. And we saw the, the eye of the tiger for when Steph fell down, too. That's right. Yep. So... Who will win VKM's affection? Or something like that. VKM's erection. (laughs) (laughs) So, first things first here, fellas. What the heck is Stephanie wearing? I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Zebra boots and like a deep V. (laughs) Like, boobs out and everything. Yeah, this is the the TNA era of uh, WWE. Yeah, she, she, I'm, she, I'm going to assume that she didn't get to choose the outfit. Vince was like, you're going to wear this. No, she shows up. She's like, how is this? And, you know, it's it's on the neck. And he's like, hang on. Takes a pair of scissors and just starts <laughs> clipping. There no, you he, go. Just, he just takes his hands and goes. <laughs> rips it. Okay. Hold them apart, damn it. So I'm going to I'm gonna toss it over to Kyle for this match, our official diva inspector. Kyle, oh what God. happened in this match? Uh, are you, you don't want me to go like beat for beat Levi style, are you? I don't think that's necessary, no. I yeah, hope it's, not. it's not necessary. Uh, really, there's not a whole lot to this match. It's mostly just, like I said, uh, it's a brawl uh, with a lot of a lot of offense from Stephanie. You know, she's fighting like she's got like she got a reason. Like I hate you, I hate you, woman, you curse woman. 
uh, Sable, whenever she fights back, she tries using her gazungas, so to speak, and <laughs> being like, aren't I physically attractive in a weird kind of way? Uh, Is that the but, grind? Yeah, the, the grind. She she like, yeah, knocks Stephanie down. She grinds Who's over. ready for stuff. the grind? <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, somewhere in the back, Brock Lesnar's like, I would very much like to see that for the rest of my life. I want to see those big gazungas forever. Hey, fun fact for you. Sable is 12 years older than Brock <laughs> <laughs> And the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they fight, they they spat, they flip around, there's some near falls and such, until uh, the the big moment when Stephanie is kind of like getting Sable in the corner and she starts ripping her shirt off, exposing the, the patented Sable gazungas. <laughs> uh, and so Sable's just trying, trying to fight to keep her boobies in when a uh, referee uh, is like, hey, cut it out, her boobies are coming out. And Stephanie's like, I don't care. And she's, but, like, hey. she's like, hey, who wants to see my tattoo? <laughs> you know, this cool guy tattoo. So he whips his shirt off. He's like, here you go, Sable. I'm honorable. Cover up those boobays. And uh, in the meantime, out of nowhere, like a freaking Mack truck, here comes Taz. Or not Taz. It's cool. I can't take it. No. Here comes an A-train out of nowhere and just destroys Stephanie. And uh, takes off. And just takes off out of nowhere. She was just, on the tracks, man. <laughs> she was on the tracks. Got hit by the train. <laughs> like, hey, just, I just imagine now, like A Train is just running around like the entire <laughs> freedom. And if you get in the way, he just knocks you over. And just so happened that the tracks went through the arena at that very moment. There you go. You Live in the, the gimmick. Uh, one thing just, I do want to say before you you finish here, uh, not only here on the pay per view, but on SmackDown when they're kind of fighting around, Stephanie McMahon selling is. Just something else. She she constantly feels like she has to make noise. So yes. So it's, she's always just going. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah, like, so cut it out. <laughs> yeah. So of course she gets destroyed by the train, and then Sable gets the pin, and <laughs> like shirtless refs holding her arm up, and it's so weird looking. And then, like you said, afterwards, it's like people are coming out and tending to Stephanie. And I just hear her constantly like, ah, on my neck. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, old shirtless Sable gets the win. Shirtless Very Sable. weird match. <laughs> like, I, I didn't hate it. Like, as far as women's match goes, it wasn't like anything technical at all. It wasn't anything special. Like I said, it was just a brawl. It was just people beating each other up. It was like a Vince McMahon match, but like the light version of it. And it was entertaining in the end because, like I said, A Train just coming out and just destroying her. Was, <laughs> that took me by legitimate surprise, and I was like, "Oh crap!" So yeah. Well, I was I was like looking for a reason to ignore this match, kind of, and then mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I just hear like, "Oh my god, the, the Air Train out of nowhere!" I was like, "What? What yes. are you talking about?" I like I rewound it and watched it again. I was like, "What the <laughs> heck just happened?" Yeah. So after- yeah, yeah, it caught me by surprise too. Yeah, definitely after after the ending, like I had to rewatch that bit again. It made me laugh. And like especially the way he just wipes her out. Like right. he does yeah. like does snap. not pull punches, just bam. <laughs> uh I gotta say thumbs down. Not brother sucks, but I did not like this match. Um the and the whole story. I, I just wish they could have a positive 
authority figure role and leave it at that. But not nah, you got to bring Vince in to you know people power overshadow and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not bad enough to be uh, brother sucks, but definitely bad enough to get our three minute warning skit of the night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you. Um, I mean, it's, it's thumbs down the principle that it's not really all that entertaining as a match, but it's not so bad that you're not going to go away with something. Something being a train destroying Stephanie. Right. Uh, I wasn't offended by it, but it was bad. We, yeah. Well, we unfortunately have about three more months of this Ugh. story and about nine more months of Sable. My boyfriend! <laughs> my boyfriend! <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, just keep it strapped down. You know, we're here for a minute. <laughs> we're not here for a good time. We're here for a long time. <laughs> I, got, I got something you can strap on in my box. I was going to leave that one alone, but... Uh... <laughs> Then I picked it back up, baby. So, the backstory here is, one year after John Cena challenged Kurt Angle and said, uh, John Cena is now a devious bad guy, uh, decided to have his own open challenge, similar to how Kurt Angle did it. So, a fresh-faced Orlando Jordan decided to step up and give Cena a good run for his money, but ultimately came up short. Unfortunately, it's not Velocity, young man. But, you know, he came up short in his match with John Cena. Undertaker comes out afterwards to give Jordan his props, which rubs Cena the wrong way. So he decided to disrespect the dead man by cutting vignettes of him in a graveyard, peeing on graves, and cutting promos in a pentagram. <laughs> that was so weird. That's like such a weird imagery. Now, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, saying it, you know, as if to brush it off and say, you know, oh, it's hokey, but it's actually really entertaining. So go out of your way to see these. Uh, John Cena really coming into his own here. Yo, Undertaker, you say I gotta learn the hard way? I got a PhD in thugonomics. I know everything there is to know. I know we should put you out the pasture, have a seat on the porch. You scared to death to pass this new legend of torch. Changed from Lucifer after dead man in a casket? You mess with me, I put you to hell in a handbasket. Talking hellfire, telling people you devil. Who's a flamer, punk, and you not on my level. You can't sacrifice me. My name ain't Midian. I go Waco on your ass like a branch Davidian. Telling people you devil, shouting 666. I claim heavenly vengeance, and I make you my Yeah, heal yeah. Cena for real. I love heel this for real. Cena. So I, I dug deep into the internet and found a blog 
that has every John Cena freestyle. Oh, oh my gosh. Unfortunately, I don't have the link. I'll have to find it, but uh, it's, it's out Why'd there. Why'd you tease us? It's because well, it's just out put there. Put it into a document. I'll put you into a document. Oh, oh put it on Jake versus Levi grudge match in a big dirty grudge match. So here, here, here was John Cena's vengeance freestyle. I don't need leather pants and tattoos to try to act cool. I got throwbacks and steel chains. I lead the new school. It's time to take out big evil. Keep them resting in pieces. I'm gonna eat you alive, dog, and find your bones in my feces. That kind of rhymes. Kind of. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm untouchable. This won't be a fight. I'll walk away with his bite. And he can suck my tailpipe. He had a good run, but it's bye-bye. See you later. I'm the real dark side. Half machine like Darth Vader. I'm way better than the dead man. Just another sucker. You think he's beating John Cena? You're a stupid mother, and he just stops talking. I, I don't know what he's trying to I'm, say. It, it, I, like I'm, he's not I'm a mother, right? Right now, at at John Cena at Vengeance 03, you didn't finish <laughs> the rhyme. What's the last bit after you say you just another sucker? You think you what is it? You think you beating John stupid Cena? Mother, yeah, you a stupid mother. And I, then I you're, know. and then, and then you stop. I, I, I was gonna say, stupid mother of three. I mean, what, what's the last line? To... Like he's a father, but I've never heard Undertaker be a mother. Like I've never uh, heard. Maybe, maybe it's like insulting, like, oh, you're like a woman, because it's like I know you're a father, but now it's like I'm saying you're a mother. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't, yeah. Your stupid I... mother. <laughs> <laughs> Which is right, weird because well, it doesn't even I'm, rhyme. I'm right. tweeting it. I'm tweeting at John Cena. We'll, we'll we'll find out, folks. I tweeted John Cena. He's definitely going to respond. <laughs> going to respond. He he still hasn't gotten back to me on the last time I tweeted him about not finishing a, a rhyme. But uh, hopefully this one, this will be the one. This will be the one. We guarantee it. If not, then uh, Jake's fired. He has to leave the podcast forever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so Undertaker's bike stalls as he makes his entrance. So he plays it up by staring down Cena. <laughs> plays it up by crying. Eventually, he just walks uh, down the ramp, and Michael Cole says, Undertaker isn't going to waste any time. Yes, he is. He just did. It would be much faster. It would be much faster to ride the bike down the ramp. <laughs> you just put it in neutral and let the ramp just take him down. See, there you go. And then Come he could have gone man. like, <laughs> with his mouth. <laughs> Hey, well, I'm not a bunch of sticks. He really is a stupid mother. I'm telling you. See? I need to know, John. So Undertaker drives him into the corner to start, and Cena actually slaps him in the face. Someone clipping their toenails in the background. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm not clipping my toenails. No, shut up. I'm not clipping my toenails. I, I have a uh, rechargeable battery pack thing that I actually knocked off the socket. 
Dude, you're a stupid mother. Jokes okay. on you. I don't have children. <laughs> I thought you were saying jokes on you. I don't have a mother. Oh, God. It's been dark. Okay. <clears throat> Taker literally throws him into the corner and starts throwing soup bones, followed by the typical scaring off the ref spot. Get away from me, you butt. They head outside. I'm angry. They head outside with Cena getting tossed into the barricade, but grabbing a drink of water to spit in Undertaker's face. And he starts screaming because he's like the Wicked Witch of the West. He hates water. Michael Cole said it was t- it was used temporarily, uh, are used to temporarily blind Undertaker. <laughs> it's just uh, water. No, my and, weakness. And well. It's the big show. No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately, unfortunately for Cena, it is very ineffective. Undertaker whips Cena into the barricade, and Cena hits it pretty hard. Undertaker lifts Cena and ramps him into the ring post. They battle around the outside for a bit, and then Taker hits an apron leg drop. He follows this up with strategic punches to the back. And the back of the head, too. There's some some nasty ones. Back in, and Undertaker drives some knees into the ribs. Undertaker says he thinks it's time for old school. Old school and a chokeslam get two as Undertaker pulls Cena up to self-break the count. What if when he did the old school, he looked at Cena and went like, I like kicking it old school. What if... Ah! Cena escapes. Creed reference of the night. Cena escapes the last ride though, and connects with a DDT. Mm-hmm. With Undertaker down, Cena pulls off a turnbuckle pad. Back up, and Undertaker elbows him in the face, but charges into the exposed buckle. Undertaker tries to answer back with punches from the outside, but Cena knocks him off the apron and into the barricade for a thud, and Undertaker is now spitting up blood. <laughs> thud. Yeah, and like a lot. Like how much, Jake? Would you say it's a ten billion gallons? Well, would I wouldn't say would that say much. Ten million? I, I don't think there's that many that many gallons of blood in a human body, regardless of if, if you're a dead man or not. <laughs> Kyle gets my kung pao reference. <laughs> I get it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just no selling it. Yeah, that's right. That's why they call him too cool, Jake. <laughs> they head back inside with Undertaker missing a jumping boot of all things, but selling for two off a neck breaker. Taker hits a dragon sleeper, but Cena gets to the ropes immediately. Cena responds with a spine buster for two. Taker signals for a tombstone, but the weight of Cena on his shoulders spells too much pain for his injured ribs, so he drops him. Can't do it. He goes, my ribs. Well, oh. it's the dead ribs. Cena needs him in the back to cut Undertaker off again. <laughs> it's the ribs, ribs, ribs. Oh, dude, ribs. Big show at the ribs, buffet. Ribs, ribs. Rib, rib, rib. <laughs> <laughs> hey, show, what you want at the buffet? Ribs, ribs, ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and for every time he says ribs, he's just like throwing another stack on his plate. 
Hey, I don't like my creative direction. I'm going to the office. Fans, fans, fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we want Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pib. Pib, Pib, Pib. So he drops him. Cena needs him in the back to cut Undertaker off again, but Undertaker slips out of the FU. A big boot and leg drop give Undertaker two, and he switches to a choke on the mat in the corner. Cena uses a ref distraction to hit Taker in the ribs with the chain. Uh, Cole alludes to his favorite December pay-per-view, saying, The end may be near for The Undertaker! Cena is setting up the FU and connects, but it's only good for two. What? And I noticed two guys in the front row with word live signs, and they look so dejected when Cena did not win here. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, to be fair, like, FU is like, it's a devastator, but I guess it's like, the power of the dead man can't be stopped, boy. So Cena gets frustrated and starts throwing punches to take her. He foolishly starts throwing punches in the corner. Does his word life pose and gets caught with the last ride for the pin. Undertaker wins. So Undertaker Jake, wins. Jake, what did you think about this match? I I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, it's uh, it, you have the hubris of the Undertaker getting punished. The hubris. No, the hubris. That was Hugh Morris's. Uh, he he had that. It was his Jewish character. Um. Anyway, but he gets punished. <laughs> That was a that, hey, big yeah, show. Was... What kind of tea do you want? Brius, Brius, Brius. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Sorry. I prefer sun tea. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he should have won early on in the match, and instead of that, he had to he had to fight the kid, and you know he had to take his best shot. But at the end, the the experience of the dead man, uh, you know, it's too much. So, good story. I liked it. Thumbs up for me. Uh, yeah, me too. Thumbs up. I actually really like this match. I love heel Cena. And, uh, you know, they had real good back and forth. I think he looked pretty good. I mean, Undertaker looked better, but I guess that's the point. Being like, you can't mess with the big dog, son. Can't and, beat uh, the big sexy. Can't beat the big sexy. <laughs> can't beat the big evil. That's what he said. True. And, uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, definitely my favorite part is just, just heel Cena as a whole. I love heel Cena so freaking much. Big, big old thumbs up for me. I gotta say, thumbs in the middle. Ah! <laughs> it was it was a standard match, but I felt like something was missing. I, I felt like a Cena win wouldn't have hurt here. Yeah, I mean, definitely after the fu, just kick out of it. It was like a what? But you know, that's just kind of par for course with WWE. <laughs> I mean, Undertaker's gonna go through a character change here in a, a few months anyway. So I feel like you know Cena could have benefited benefited here, and it wouldn't have hurt the Undertaker. But I'm not the Booker T. <laughs> so good. good. Oh, that was weird. You a, <laughs> you a stupid mother. So good. Oh, we solved it. <laughs> hey guys, if you like all this wacky zany wrestling fun, then you're gonna love this commercial. Ryan Atwood was a good kid caught in a bad situation. You gotta have a plan. Some kind of a dream. 
And things were about to go from bad to worse. Why don't you go to my house? Mom, where am I going to go? Only now, he's getting another chance at life. You brought him home? In a whole new world. He's not a criminal mastermind. He's a kid who has nowhere to go. But in the OC, nothing is as it seems. Welcome to the dark side. Fox presents a new series about one kid who had nothing to live for. This is how it's done in Orange County. And one family who needed something to hold on to. I don't want this kid in my house anymore. Where's he supposed to go? He has a family. It's not up to you to decide whether or not they're good enough. Welcome to the OC. What do you think of Newport? I think I can get in less trouble where I'm from. You have no idea. A new series coming soon to Fox. Get ready for some fun. It's future arm of the game. Take control of Fry. What exactly do you know how to do? <laughs> Bender. I laugh at your pain. <laughs> Leela. Prepare for liftoff. And Dr. Zoidberg? What are you doing here? Making a cameo. On an action-packed adventure across the galaxy. Face terrifying enemies. And make new friends. Greeting, you aliens from other planet. As you seek to battle the evil mom. Sweet butt crust on a cracker. It was so funny. <laughs> In this new Futurama adventure for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. I guess you had to be there. Rated T for Teen. Trombone players they still can't tackle. Around here every day is Saturday. NCAA football 2004. Rated E for everyone. It's in the game! EA Sports. It's in the game!
It's a good match. Wrestle man taking on Zach Gowan. It's the fire of the century. Get your nipples out for you and me. Oh, oh hey. god. Sorry, I was getting trappy with that. <laughs> he cut it. Levi, Levi's gonna. Ah, oh, you suck. <laughs> Levi. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's <laughs> say. I got out. You were, you were perfect. <laughs> I was getting funky with that. I had the whole head wobble and everything. But... Dude, I was doing the worm straight up in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like how casually that was. Yeah, dude, I was doing the worm. It was so crazy. Vince <laughs> Man's doing the sperm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Jamie Noble, get you on up in here. So we really started. My sixth box. <laughs> we really started this. Six box. No. Okay, I'm done. Six box. <laughs> That's right. You're gonna have to open this six box. <laughs> so Zach Gowan, we we talked about his his uh, debut at Judgment Day 2003, our review. And how he debuted as just a fan in the crowd on SmackDown with Mr. America. Roddy Piper is annoyed by this fan in the crowd. And he, you know, provokes him, starts attacking Mr. America. And this fan comes in and we find out after, you know, what you do in any fight, you, you rip at people's legs. Uh, we find out that Zach Gowan is a one-legged warrior. He's the fan that came to Mr. America's aid. Uh, what had happened here was, this wasn't supposed to be Zach Gowan's spot. This was supposed to go to another one-legged wrestler, but they they got the one-legged wrestler, if you could believe that nonsense. <laughs> Mr. America, unfortunately, uh, departed from the world wrestling entertainment <laughs> a few weeks ago, prior, prior to where we're all right now. Zach Gowan uh, is being tormented by Vince McMahon, you know, challenging him to these silly little contests. Um, there, there was a time on SmackDown where Mr. America, if he won a arm wrestling contest with Vince McMahon, Zach Gowan would get a contract. Uh, but the power of uh, Sable side boob <laughs> was too much for Mr. America to overcome. That's it's... my side boob. So, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that that kept happening. Uh, after a taping of SmackDown, uh, Mr. America did a foolish thing and lifted up his mask to the camera to reveal it was Hulk Hogan, brother. It was me, Hogan. Oh, wait. It's me, brother. So, <laughs> so with that mystery solved, Mr. McMahon having that evidence, Mr. America, Hulk Hogan, is no more. Aw. Oh. This leaves Zach Gowan. So. This leaves Zach Gowan to fend for himself. So, but he's only got one leg. That's right, man. Uh, it's hard for a one-legged man to defend himself in the world wrestling entertainment. But during Cheeks. during a promo on SmackDown, <laughs> Zach Gowan says all he wa- has ever wanted was a contract. So Vince McMahon gives him the opportunity to earn it. Hell what? yeah! And it'll come That's in the form a... of a <laughs> handicap match. Oh, <laughs> shucks! With him so and Stephanie inspired. McMahon. Taking on, well, it's the big show, the big, big, big. Uh, but right before the match, Vince announces it'll it is no disqualification, pinfalls count anywhere. Uh, match. So, uh, 
they they do their best to, to fend off show, uh, but it's not working until Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar come out to their aid. So they beat them all up, and Zach Gowan hits a moonsault, and he officially has a contract with SmackDown because he pinned the big show. Hell yeah. I was eight years old, diagnosed in October of 91 for, uh, with osteosarcoma, which is a, a form of bone cancer that was on my femur. And, and to prevent it from spreading to the rest of my body and, and killing me, they had to cut it off at the source by amputating my leg. At that point, there really, really was no option. It was either uh, take my leg and save my life or die. I knew I was going to live. A goal of mine has always been a professional wrestler. Something in this business is almost disease-like. Once it's in your bloodstream, it stays in your bloodstream forever, and, and you always want to go back for more. Going through cancer and losing a leg and, 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 and losing friends and dealing with that at such a young age has made me so much stronger and has made me uh, uh, treat adversity as just, uh, just a little challenge I need to overcome. And that's what I'm all about, is overcoming all the odds and living the American dream. Because you may 
something, Vince? You're a sorry excuse for a human being. During the pre-match package, I noticed they were playing uh, the Don't Try This at Home music. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. No, that's funny. No, I did not catch that. No, <laughs> That's funny. Don't wrestle on one leg at home. <laughs> I'll try not to. Two legs, that's fine. They show an appropriate <laughs> sign during Vince's entrance saying, Shame on you, Vince. 100% agreed. Shame on you. <laughs> I gotta say, Zach Gowan's theme absolutely slaps. <laughs> It is amazing. Oh, yeah, where it starts, well, it's Zach, Zach, Zach. <laughs> I just want to say, I died laughing when Zach took his leg off and handed it to the referee. <laughs> it's like, dude, here you go. So, dude, that reminded me of Over the Top when it's like Sylvester Stallone's going to turn the hat around and make and get serious. It's like, <laughs> Zach, I was like, wait a second. I need to take my leg off. The Vince was like, you could have just fought with it. I don't care. Wait, I could have? And then he just destroys him. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to hand the reins over to Jake for this match. Jake, what happened in this crazy matchup? Oh, my. You know, it it was funny watching this because, like, at first I didn't really want to do a play-by-play, but it's really the only way to kind of get through what happened in this match. Um but yeah, so it starts with, with Zach taking the leg off and handing it to the referee who's like, what am I supposed to do with this? And so then he hands it out of the ring and then just immediately you get the, the test of strength, which Vince McMahon obviously is going to win because he has two legs. And, <laughs> and he's jacked. And he's like, yeah. yeah, at one point at one point Taz says, or maybe it was Cole, he's like, yeah, he weighs 100 pounds more than Zach Gowan does. And like they, they really get that across. Um, McMahon dominates with the fundamentals of wrestling. Um, at one point, he does that little spin on the back uh, move and then paint brushes it back to Zach Gowan's head. Oh my which, gosh. <laughs> I like it when good wrestlers do that. Like, like I remember the first time I saw Bobby Roode busted out in NXT. I was like, oh yeah, that was awesome. But like Vince McMahon doing it, it's just like, okay, you, we all know you can't really wrestle. Dude. Right, like, yeah. And, and congratulations, you're showing that you're that much better than than a one-legged dude. Like that's not that's not the this is neither the time nor the place. Um, well, I don't know. I you know I can feed into that you know the the latter of that, but I I have no doubt that he's trying to show off his skills here, but he just doesn't have. Right, exactly. It's like, hey, man, like just just walk around and kick the guy, which is what's going to happen for the next fifteen minutes. Um, but you know, after a little while, like Vince just decides to clothesline Zach Gowan out of his boots, uh, boot, excuse me, um, and starts getting his heat. Um, it, it's like Zach gets these little flurries in, like he jumps up and like scrambles to his feet, foot. <laughs> <laughs> to his foot. <laughs> and like, very weird. It's like he's, he's desperate. You know, every single time he, he stands up, there's like this look of desperation on his face. And then he like, Gets like kicks McMahon out of the ring and hits an acai moonsault, uh, but he also hits like this really really awkward drop kick where he kind of like misses in a weird way, and like he doesn't have enough body weight to sling himself through the ropes, and it just kind of looks weird when he hit. Like everything he does looks just like a little awkward. Well, time out. Uh, I I, d- I don't want this to go miss because there's two important things here. Uh, you know, was Zach throwing th- those elbows on the ropes? You know. 
Vince charges him and allows Zach Gowan to hit a spagingo. Oh, ah! yeah. I and then, one of all. and then, absolutely amazing for a one-legged guy to do. It'd be amazing for a two-legged guy to do it, but one-legged guy hitting that I say moonsault. Amazing. Yeah, that's pretty I'd slick. Be, I gotta say, I'd be more impressed if he hit a hurricane runner, but you know, so amazing, <laughs> so amazing. He probably could like, he probably could do a modified one where he hooks your head with his one leg. That'd be cool to see, Zach. If you're listening, do try doing that. It's so amazing that it lands Zach Cowan with the Pepsi Blue Splash, Splash of the night. night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. God! All right, so. Um, it's it's time to work. I write just I just write down. It's time to work the leg, because this <laughs> just goes on and on and on. And at one point, like I I I had to laugh because Michael Cole refers to Zach Gowan's knee as the good knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worth but, it's worth noting. I think it was like a week prior or a couple weeks prior. Uh, Zach Gowan tried to help out Kurt and Brock in their match against Big Show and the world's greatest tag team. Uh, but Vince like knocks him down and hits a chair on his knee. So that's kind of a little bit of the backstory here. What's up, right. Cornbread? Sorry. So he, Zach Gowan gets to his feet like and foot. And just Vince keeps just kicking it out from under him. At one point, he makes him do an inside-out bump. Um, just just being a, a, real, a, real, a real heel... And just walking around, just flexing. And, and to, to his credit, like, I mean, Vince is getting some heel heat here. Uh, people are, but it's the, it's the dude, we don't want to watch this for another 10 minutes. Why, why is this still happening, heat, as opposed to we hate you, heat? Exactly. Um, exactly. This match did not need to be 15 minutes. No, no I did not at all. He and like little, I kept noticing little weird things about commentary. Like, I feel like Vince had little phrases that he, say um like at one point taz called the half crab a single leg boston crab which is not a thing <laughs> but you but it's like you know that vince just wanted him to emphasize the fact that it's a single leg and so it's like just like i little things like that because that's a half crab those that's what you call it in the middle you don't call it a single leg boston crab because no, a boston i've heard crab, it called single leg boston crab that's stupid a boston you crab know, is no no, I was trying to think, yeah, I know the whole point of the match is to be like, oh, you know, he's he's uh, overcoming the odds and all that stuff, and he's tough, and he doesn't need to use the fake leg. He's got both, He's got his real one. I think it would have been cooler if he had just, like, used the fake leg, too. Yeah. Just imagine, like, if they, he had tried doing, like, a half crab, but then all of a sudden he slips out of it because he got the, the fake leg. That would have been cool. That would have been funny. I would have yeah. popped People would have been like, oh, my God, cool, it's the fake leg. <laughs> what if they what if they kept it a secret this whole time that he had a fake leg until this match and then Fuck. like been that crazy. Was, the big reveal was actually at vengeance when it's like he has one leg anyway I, I don't so Zach starts firing up but the crowd does not uh, you just like look I, like I spent a lot of time looking at the audience in this match because Zach Gallon spent a lot of time just laying on the mat and so it's like nobody is nobody's into this but somehow like it feels like they've got the sweeten like at least for for the post cuz like the crowd noise does not match the crowd action that i'm seeing um so <laughs> things are kind of in slow motion i i said that uh uh oh i forgot the part where uh Vince McMahon just like wraps his knee around the post several times oh yeah just 
yeah, just like working it over, which leads back to um, Gallon getting a nut shot to the genital jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Should that be a DQ? Then, it, well, this is a yeah. It's, no, I no, mean it's, it's a grudge uh, match. It's so a grudge match, but it's goes. also like yeah, the ref can say, "Hey, don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that because technically it's out of the ring and you've got mm-hmm. five seconds." But you know, it can't really stop you. Anyway, so he he starts working over McMahon's leg to to get. He's like, "Oh, it's going to be a one-legged man versus another one-legged man," and you know, Zach Gowan will have the experience of having one leg. Uh, he then he hits this. They called it a bulldog, but it just looked like Zach flew over the back of Vince McMahon and McMahon fell down. So yeah, I, know. I know which one you're talking about. That, yeah, that was that, a little weird. I liked it. Yeah, it, but it didn't like hit any, it didn't hit anything. So whatever. Um, it hit so, you in the feels because he wants right to win. So Zach hits the the uh, the model missile drop kick and to an acai moonsault, and we think this is going to be the one. But oh, good gravy! That that silly, that wacky old Triple H. No, uh, that old man <laughs> shows up and puts Triple his Triple H up. comes out and buries Zach Gowan real quick. Like, hey, I got a shovel, Zach. Uh, but he gets his foot on the ropes. Oh my! Uh, Vince McMahon hits an eye rake to Zach Gowan, who suddenly can't see, and then goes to look for a chair. And this this would have been my nomination for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night uh, because. Referee Brian Hebner, whose name we hear about 17 times over the course of about four minutes, because they're like, well, he can't stop the match, Cole, because Vince will fire him, and he can't make Gallon quit because he's a dumb idiot. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a big head. Yeah, but so, so Vince has a chair. Referee Brian Hebner tries to take it away from him, and he shoves him through the ropes, and Hebner misses his spot to grab onto something to lessen the fall, and he just goes flying out of the ring. It takes a, <laughs> it takes a flat back on the on the, the the mats down below, and that's like that's like that had to hurt. Right. <laughs> that would have been that would have been my uh, my Pepsi Blue splash of the night, but hey. Uh, so he takes a big bump and Vince falls down and then Zach Gowan kicks the chair into Vince's face and Vince stabs himself in the carotid artery. There's blood everywhere. Uh, and it's just like the most absurd gig I've ever seen. He just like stabs himself and there's just, just gushing blood. Um, oh my gosh. Zach- yes. It's like, why, why would you do that? Especially so- we're at the end of the match. Yeah. There's no reason for it. Um, and so Zach goes up top to hit another moonsault for the win because, you know, Vince is down and out, bleeding all over the place, and he misses it. And Vince just covers him and, and wins. Completely whiffed it. Yeah, just whiffs the acai moonsault, and Vince just doesn't hit another move, doesn't do anything, just lays on top of him and gets a one, two, three. I got to say, um, thumbs up until the end. I, I actually enjoyed this match just because it embodies the freak show that is professional wrestling. Uh, right. I, I was, okay. imp- I was impressed with Zach Gowan, even though he's still quite green, uh, all on one leg. You gotta love it. He's like 19 years old here too. It's just, it's just a shame. This match should have been five minutes at most. Uh, and Vince should have lost. He honestly yeah. should have lost. Why did he win? What does he gain? Nothing. <clears throat> 
like, oh, you pinned a one-legged dude. Good on he gets you, dude, man. Go, he, get, he gets to go up to Sable and be like, hey, I just kicked a one-legged man's ass. Does that make you horny? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I kind of agree with Levi. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining for a bit, and there are aspects I liked. Like, definitely Zach Gowan. Uh, just, you know, his spirit, his, uh, his moveset was pretty interesting. Yeah, like he said, he's pretty green, but... You know, given the circumstances, it was neat. But even as far as like a Vince McMahon match goes, this was pretty boring. You know, just to compare it to the last Vince match, wasn't the last Vince match someone with Hulk Hogan that we saw? Yeah. Like that one was like a glorious car crash. And this was just like a little like a little fender bender, you know. And so, yeah, I, I can't really give this a thumbs up. Uh, but it's hard to give it a thumbs down because I feel bad for Zach Gowan. So I guess I'll give it a thumbs middle. <laughs> Yeah, thumbs well for me as well. <laughs> All right, and so now I will hand the reins back to Levi so he can recaptain this this ship before it sinks. <laughs> <laughs> we come backstage to Josh Matthews with Eddie Guerrero. He asks Eddie if he feels his victory is tainted by Rhino's interference. Eddie says, a victory is a victory! And that what hmm. happened with Rhino is on Benoit. He says he doesn't need friends and that the only friend he needs is on his shoulder. And now it's time for the <laughs> main event of the evening. What do we do for an encore? WWE title on the line. Brock Lesnar, Big Show, Kurt Angle, Triple Threat Match. It's coming your way next here on Vengeance Live from Denver. concern that I was never going to be able to wrestle again. My whole destiny of my life, everything that I worked for, just crumbled down in front of me. You know, when I was laid up in the hospital and I didn't know if I was going to wrestle again, there's someone that became a genuine friend. All the concern for me and my family and my health. I just want to say one thing. Thank you. After two months of neck surgery and rehab, your Olympic hero is back in the WWE ring, baby. And I'm back for one reason and one reason only. I want to become champion again. Let me tell you something, Kurt. If you want a shot at this title, I say it's on. Kurt Angle, do you want to be champion again? You better wait and rock. Brock Lesnar will be defending the WWE title against Kurt Angle and The Big Show. A triple threat match for the WWE title adventures.
And all that other goofy stuff. I can't think. So, backstory here is Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar have become friends since their intense competition at WrestleMania. Upon returning after neck surgery, Kurt Angle returned as a babyface and challenged Brock Lesnar in a rematch. They had weeks of backstage segments where they just palled around, you know. Uh, doing push-up contests, being silly. You know, they're friends, you know. You gotta love it. Patting each other on the back saying, Hey, man. You're working hard. Good job working hard. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> but the underlying theme being, they think they are better than the other. It's always a game of one-upsmanship. Which could spell disaster in the future. I thought the pre-match package was Amazing. Uh, price to play in the background just pulled it all together so amazingly. It made me really excited to see this match all these years later. What did you guys think of the pre-match package? Good pre-match package. We didn't get price to play, though, because we were on the network. Yeah, we. I watched it in the, the clip that you sent, and it's much better than when it's just like... You know, they didn't even... So they didn't even include like any of the voice from the thing. They just masked over it with a generic song and had some man go, are you ready for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, another thing I failed to mention though is uh, they've been getting booked in like handicap matches and stuff with Big Show. Big Show's been on a tear on SmackDown. Uh, we recently saw the match he had with Brock Lesnar for the title. Like where... we, we, we jest, but this is kind of like prime Big Show era. It, yeah, really, it really, it is. really is. Uh, you know, I don't know if we talked about this in the last episode or not, but I think it was that same week of Raw, the June twenty third Raw. It may have been the mm-hmm. same week or the week after, but on SmackDown they had the tattle, the tattle, <laughs> the title <laughs> match, tattle on the title match between Brock Lesnar and Big Show, where they broke the freaking ring. Amazing! All these years, it holds up. It'll always hold up, except uh, for the ring. It didn't hold up. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Those aggression pun of the night. But basically, the story they're building here with Big Show is is that Big Show is just that guy that Brock Lesnar cannot beat, except for at the Royal Rumble. But right. Right. you know, it's it's funny that at the beginning of this podcast was like at the end of the Big Show. Is it the end of like the Big Show schlub era? Um, and it started to be when he started to get really good. And uh, if Big Show listened to our early episodes, that's probably why he blocked us on Twitter. <laughs> but now we're like, now we're like, Big Show rules, yeah! And it's it's sad he can't enjoy that. Oh no, he well, can't hear us. I'm not blocked. I'll t- I'll text him and tell him that even though he's still fat, he's putting together some good. <laughs> he saw us uh, say he was fat, and he said, "Oh man, I can't take that." They're blah 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 blah. <laughs> so Big Show is the dark horse in this match. Um, 
How will it pan out? Let's we'll find, find out. out. <gasps> Jinx, you have each other Pepsi Blue. Okay, I'll take one million Pepsi Blues. One million Blues. I got the Pepsi Blues, baby. They call me the big show. <laughs> I won't miss a Pepsi Blue. My nipples are hard, baby. And then because of you. <laughs> so, so here we go. <clears throat> what if you What if you saw inside peek inside the Pepsi Blue factory and like you opened up the, the Pepsi door Blue factory? It's, it's like not, it's like a it's a it's totally a big, different one. It's a big Willy Wonka esque Pepsi Blue factory. You're seeing all these little bottles on conveyor belts. You're happy. Then you see a door that says uh, no entry, and uh, you you break <laughs> off from your little tour group. You slink on over there and open the door, and it's just Big Show. With a bunch of empty bottles, like squeezing his nipples as blue goo comes out of them. And he was... smiles at you and just like, shh. Like, would you still drink it knowing it came from Big Show's nipples? I thought you were going to go in the direction of what if you went to the Pepsi Blue Factory and saw Big Show's Willy Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, there you go. See, I was thinking... In a world of pure blue imagination. <laughs> See, I was thinking something much more wholesome and that there would just be like, Big Show back there singing the blues to Pepsi. No, no, no. It's it's Big Show. Uh, Pepsi Blues. Big Show nipple juice. It's kind of... <laughs> sure, let's <laughs> let's go with that. So let's get started. To start off, it appears Angle and Lesnar are going to go after each other, but it's a trick, and they both attack Big Show, who suddenly hits a double clothesline on the new best friends. And I tra- talking Trent and Chuck. I like this version better anyway. Oh, boo. What? He throws Kurt Angle out of the ring and then hits a choke slam for an early two count on Lesnar, thanks to Angle breaking it up. Ooh. Big Show turns his attention to Angle and chops away to him in the corner. Chop away. Chop Big away. Show. Chop away. Chop away. Chop, chop, chop. Kurt Angle broke Lesnar too. <laughs> I don't understand, but anyway. <laughs> you need to listen to some Inya, or it wasn't Inya who made it. Who cares? I think I think that was Inya. No, it was it was a uh, Scottish women or something. They're this called, is like, unimportant. Like, clap, clap. It's very clap, important, clap. Levi. <laughs> hey, Levi, why don't you just get? Hey, hey, listeners at Levi, and tell him to sail away. How about it? I don't care about Benya, Benya, anyway. Um, <laughs> what? Benya, 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 Benya. <laughs> it's so funny. I brought up Gullah Gullah Island and Benya, Benya, and I did the impression for my wife, and she was like, "Good God, how do you remember that?" <laughs> you know, oddly enough, Stephanie and I we referenced that uh, Benya, Benya. I was mean to you <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I flippin' loved Gullah Gullah Island as a kid. I was like, you're Gullah Gullah Island. Wow. What about Zabumafu? Oh, heck yeah. Bob I remember Zabumafu. I one day, because in Martin saw something strange. Little leaping leaper. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I was at work one day, and I thought of Zabumafu out of nowhere. And I suddenly realized I know all of the lyrics of the Zabumafu theme. <laughs> And there's never been a point when I'm like, yeah, I want to sing that theme. I just knew them. <laughs> Me and you and Zabumafu. Come on now, let's see what's new. We're doing the things that animals do. Wait, what? 
What? Let's call it seven. Call it twelve. Is homeboys in outer space? Mercenary brothers, bound <laughs> for one another. Anyway. Beating up your mother. <laughs> Where the heck was I? Um, Big Show charges, but gets hit with an elbow by Angle. <laughs> That's why you don't mess with credit cards. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. Um, Kurt attempts a German suplex, but Big Show is too large and in charge, so he can't German <laughs> suplex the giant. <laughs> So Big Show uses his butt to knock Angle away. (laughs) Big Show follows this up with a clothesline and then a big headbutt. Kurt fights back punches, but Show catches him into what looks to be an attempt at a showstopper. But Angle picks out of it and locks in the ankle lock. Amazingly done. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Very, Very juicy. I mean, there's no pedigree, but you know... Pedigree. (laughs) (laughs) Terrorizing. (laughs) Big Show kicks him away, though. He fights off Lesnar on the apron and lands two kicks to Kurt, followed by a leg drop. I really like the way he fought him off of the apron. It was just, it looked so natural to a fight. Like, oh, here comes this guy, too. I got to punch him in the face. Are we talking about this? Are we talking about the side of the ring or like his cooking apron? Fights him off his apron. <laughs> oh, you. She's I like, know. Mommy, I want cookies. No, get out of mine. <laughs> Big Show goes for the pin, but Lesnar dives in for a save. Brock hits shoulder thrust to Big Show in the corner, followed by a dive off the corner second rope. Brock attempts an F5, but Big Show reverses into a showstopper. But it's only good for two. Kurt comes in with garbage can Liz and knocks Big Show in the head. Brock gets one of Liz and does the same. They both land a simultaneous shot and down goes the 508 foot giant. (laughs) (laughs) 508 foot giant. I'm a 900 pound 10 foot giant. Every time he says it, he gets a little heavier. The even bigger show. Lesnar and Angle attempt a double suplex, but Big Show reverses and powerfully pulls off a double choke slam to them. It doesn't last, though, as Big Show raises both his hands and yells out, Oh, actually, actually, before I go on, Kyle, can you tell us what it was like when Big Show raised both of his hands out for a choke slam? He raised both his hands on one. Like Big Show, Big Show, I love you. We're giving you a lot more props now than we did at the beginning of this podcast, but your yells still sound goofy. <laughs> uh, so he attempts a, another double choke slam, but they reverse and do a cho- double choke slam to him. Uh, Taz says, "So Big Show suplexes the guys who suplex and they choke slam the. Uh, you get the point." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Angle gets knocked outside after an F5, and then Brock sets his sights on Big Show. Well, (laughs) it's the Big Show. Brock then hits the F5 on Big Show, but gets two due to Angle pulling the ref out of the ring. Man, the refs are just (laughs) getting... It's bad. It's bad for them. Mm -hmm. This, of course, upsets Brock, so he whips Angle into the still steps. Brock rams. 
Oh, I'll just think it real quick. <laughs> you know, in wrestling, it's it's like commonplace. Like the the ref is like the sole keeper of the rules. Imagine like if in boxing, like a like a stray elbow knocked a ref out, and then all of a sudden the boxers started kicking at each other and stuff. <laughs> no, that's the pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, continue the main event, baby. Brock rams Angle's head into the steps and then throws him at the ring post. <laughs> Does he Chewbacca? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was Kurt Angle, but anyway. <laughs> I know. I'm saying that's big show in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. He has the bloodlust. <laughs> He's got the bloodlust, and Vince McMahon has uh, the butt lust. Just the lust. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Big Show recovers and grabs Lesnar from the outside, and Brock uh, goozles him on the top rope. Goozle? Going for the goozle! (laughs) Lesnar attempts clotheslines on Big Show, but ultimately, an unfazed Big Show clotheslines Lesnar, followed by a huge leg drop. Show Show pins, but it's only good for two. A shot to Angle's head busts him open, leaving Show to chop away at Brock and set up for a superplex. But Kurt mounts the apron, but Big Show shoots him away. This allows Lesnar to counter into an unbelievable running powerbomb. My 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 jaw literally just dropped at this spot. That was I, cool. I literally could not even. He could only odd. <laughs> oh. Lesnar goes for a cover, but Angle makes another break with a chair. Angle then whacks Lesnar over the head with the chair to knock him out of the ring. He goes to hit Big Show on the outside, but gets it kicked back into his face. While the bleeding Lesnar is stuck on the other side of the ring, an angle slam puts Show through the announcer's table after he reverses an attempted choke slam. That was pretty neat. I like that. What I need from you guys right now is I need need you to run us through what it was like before... And during and after, Kurt Angle, Angle slams Big Show through the table with Jake as Kurt and Kyle as Big Show. And go. I'm going to get you, Kurt. Don't you pick get, me get, up. No, no, get back over here. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm going to no, you. pick you up. I'm going to pick you up. Oh, I, I'm, I'm no, up. No, I'm, I'm just going to pick you I need some pain pills. <laughs> Has anyone seen my mouth guard? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that leaves Angle and Lesnar yeah. in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Kurt fires away. Kurt fires away with some awesome looking punches. Then Lesnar fires away with punches of his own. Lesnar gets angle. <laughs> Lesnar gets angle on his shoulders, but Kurt gets to the ropes. So Lesnar throws him uh, over the top to the outside. Brock goes over the top. To- hey, that's the second over the top reference. Ah! Brock goes to whip Angle into the steps, but instead gets whipped into the steps himself. <gasps> no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Back in, an angle tosses Brock with a released German suplex, sending Brock onto his stomach for a great-looking flip. 
Oh, that was cool. That was in, that insight. That was I. I love the like. That's amazing that Brock can do that. He's perhaps looking directed mm-hmm. by his inabilities from WrestleMania. <laughs> Michael Cole says Lesnar did a three sixty. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he started on his feet and landed on his stomach. How was that a three sixty? <laughs> Cole never. He never did math good. He never did no math well. He only needs to count to three. <laughs> Kurt attempts an angle slam, but Lesnar counters into a spine buster. But it's only good for two. What? I know it. Lesnar gets a choke, but Big Show comes back in with a leg drop for the I don't know why I found that funny. <laughs> He's probably thinking about him pooping his pants or something dumb. <laughs> He's rising from the ashes. Big Show comes back in with a leg drop to break uh, uh, covers he covers both guys at once for two, and I just love how Taz is screaming in fear. No, <laughs> a double choke slam by Big Show is signaled for yet again. Uh, but this time he connects, but he only gets a pair of near falls, and Big Show frustratedly yells "sob," which sounds like what, Kyle? <laughs> like he was like he was flying to the heavens. Is like, that uh, a... team, like Team Rocket or something? He got blasted. Big Show goozles Lesnar for the choke slam, but Lesnar. Please stop. <laughs> what the? Okay, I got an answer. What the hell is a goozle? It's just it where you sounds... choke him. That sounds fake. Oh my God. I'll get you with my goozle. Boy, Grandma. <laughs> okay, Big Show chokes Lesnar for the choke slam. There but... you go. Gosh, gosh, Kyle, jeez. But But Lesnar then kicks Big Show right in the yam bags. Brock and Kurt are going back and forth when Lesnar goes shoulder first into the post. Beautifully, with Lesnar's leg sticking out, Kurt grabs the angle lock only to let go of Brock and angle slam the Big Show. So, yeah... Kurt Angle is on another planet. Another angle slam to Lesnar is enough for the pin. And new champion, Kurt Angle I'm still waiting for that final big show comeback, but yeah, whatever. I gotta say, thumbs up. All of the thumbs up in the world. Last year at Vengeance... Hey, I forgot to say, this is... We've officially marked one year of reviews. That's crazy. <gasps> oh! And We're it took celebrate by doing nothing. It only took us two years in real time to do. There you go. Uh, but I got to say, thumbs up. Last year's Vengeance 2002 was headlined by an amazing triple threat with Rock, Kurt Angle, and Undertaker. And this year's no different. Like, my gosh, what a match. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Heck yeah. What do you say, Kyle? I mean, like, top to bottom, it was really great. I mean, I always love. Main events when it's just, you know, just three big, burly, beefy dudes just crashing into each other. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Everybody looked great in it. Uh, show, Brock, Kurt. There's a lot of floopity doops and dingity dongs. Nah, but uh, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was back and forth. I didn't really know who exactly was going to come out on top. I mean, safe money would be the big show wouldn't, of course. It's kind of all down to Brock and Kurt. But uh, Kurt getting the big win on the big comeback. Uh, it was cool. It was a good feel. Good, big, fun feel moment. I don't know how the hell I'm, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, I loved that. It won clean. It was it was great. It was a fantastic match. Well, I, I think the way you prefaced it when you're saying that like Big Show's been on a tear made him feel like a legitimate spoiler in all this. And yeah. so like when he would do something, it wasn't like you know the, the formulas that we've gotten used to. It actually felt like, oh man, this might be the big show's time here. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. Because you know, he can feud with either one of these dudes and they it would have been totally believable. But you know, it was and it made sense and everything everything worked, everybody worked well together. I liked it a lot. Good match. Thumbs up. What a fantastic pay-per-view and i think we really needed this to be honest oh. after after bad blood we definitely needed a good pay-per-view i didn't realize how sick of it i was uh, oh, how yeah. sick of raw that i was until i watched this show <laughs> and just smackdown in general watching the smackdowns from week to week are you know they're fun you know they're yeah they're they're wrestle they're heavy but not without good story well exactly some stories better than others sometimes well mostly good story <laughs> Uh, I like the six box. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I think watching it on my own, I hated, but discussing it is a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you know Jake said that his favorite match of the night was the tag match. I definitely think the triple threat was my favorite. Uh, it's just that's that's how you get do a good triple threat right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Triple Threat was my favorite too. It was just top to bottom. Just a fantastic cool match. And it's a main event that really felt like, hey, this is a bona fide main event. It's what you paid money for, and you got your money's worth for sure. I just hate how much I did not appreciate Kurt Angle. And, you know, as long as he was in WWE, he was mostly heel, so it's understandable. But what a, per- you know, what a phenomenal wrestler. He is just amazing. And he's just tearing it up. Oh, yeah. So, I gotta say, kid, kid version of me, you got it wrong, man. Like Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. he's he's good. He's not gross. He's good. I was I remember I remember when I watched like in high school and stuff. Uh, whenever WWE WWE CW was going on and Kurt got like drafted and he was doing this whole like wrestle machine thing. I remember at that point being like, heck yeah, I love Kurt Angle. I'm ready for the next big tear of Kurt. And then he got dropped because the whole you know right. kills. I, so so sad. I went through the same thing, but man, his run in TNA is also something to you know. There's something to be I said need, of it. I need to go back and watch that. Like I know there's a lot of TNA that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, that sure. like I feel like I should just because it's good wrestling. But like you know, how do I find it? It's TNA. Like, nobody can find it when it's live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I would love to go back and watch some of that, some of the Samoa Samoa Joe stuff and all that yeah yeah it's like i i know that there are fantastic matches from kurt and stuff in tna because uh, i've seen plenty of gifts but i've never actually sat down and like watched a match back to forward i need to i need to rectify that back to forward forward to back shut <laughs> <laughs> well that was vengeance 2003 uh, a great show and definitely go out of your way to see it uh join us next time as we will be reviewing SummerSlam 2003. Oh yeah, Big Four baby. Get Woo! out your get out your your lemonade and uh, fire up the charcoal grill because it's SummerSlam. <laughs> what can we expect from SummerSlam 2003? I don't know. Fun and friendship. We can expect an elimination chamber match. Ooh, featuring Triple H and bicycle shorts. <laughs> uh, uh, ooh, and Goldberg. <laughs> Randall Randall Keith 
Uh, okay, Randall Key. And Shawn Michaels. And Ooh. Chris Jericho. Ooh. Okay, warming up to it. Is there someone I'm missing? Yeah, there's someone else. Who? Yeah, you're missing the guy who's... Is it Kevin Nash? Know, gold, that Goldberg took their spot. They should be in the match, but it's Goldberg instead. That's who you <laughs> Uh, and there's definitely some backstory that we're going to get to um, in that review that you definitely don't want to miss. Uh, just some politics about what the match should have been. But instead, we're here in a multi-man match. Uh, we also get Brock versus Kurt for the title. And Kane versus RVD in a big, Ooh. you made me lose my mask match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you definitely don't want to miss it. And in the meantime... You can uh, follow us on social media at Twitter at Ruthless Pod, Instagram Ruthless Aggression Podcast, Facebook, and YouTube equally Ruthless Aggression Podcast. And if you want to donate to the show, you can donate ninety-nine cents, five dollars, or ten dollars. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it. It would go a long way to help get out episodes a little faster and help the overall quality of the show. Uh, Jake, where can they find you and your dumb little show at? Oh, my dumb little. <laughs> It's called My Show with Alex and Jake. It's my available. Show. My Show. <laughs> it's available at badfacts.info. We officially uh, re-up the domain today. So uh, nice. we'll for another year. Uh, yeah, bad, badfacts.info. Anywhere podcasts are available. You can hear my hijinks. I usually work wrestling into the show. Um, it's just one way or another because I like wrestling. And the, the third man in that show used to like wrestling. And then we have someone who doesn't watch wrestling at all. So it's really fun to get uh, to say that, use wrestling analogies that he's slow, that Alex is slowly starting to learn. It's, it's kind of <laughs> Can I just say, I was listening to my show yesterday, latest episode dropped out. And I believe it's called Dead of Sports, right? I, or Dead Like. what you say? I was listening to my show yesterday, and I believe the new episode is Dead Like Sports. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so. Uh, I gotta say, line of the show by far was "Cat, stop!" <laughs> I died. I think Jake's cat was uh, messing with. His no, that's Alex's cat. Oh, was and, it? Yeah, it's like I could see it on the Skype, and I just like, "Cat, stop!" Oh, I died of laughter. Oh, my gosh. But it was a really good show. They talk about the coronavirus. All yeah, sorts we, of happenings in the world. Oh, yeah. We go. It's funny because, like, I was, because, you know, Robin's in Vegas. And we're like, how are we going to make this funny? Because, you know, we can't, we don't take anything all that seriously. We're like, we're respectful of what's going on. But we're like, you know, how to, how is this going to be, how is this going to end up being funny? And kind of did. Sometimes we're funny. Sometimes. And Kyle, where can they follow you? <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on the streets. If you know. <laughs> no, if you know, if you got something you want to bring my way, just hit us up at Ruthless Pod, and I'll be sure to leave a message. And in the meantime, uh, this has been the Ruthless Pod. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle, baby. Okay. Reminding you to stay ruthless. <laughs>
think my destiny was to come here in the WWE and entertain the fans.